Welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. I'm your host, Dixie Cochran, here with Matthew Dawkins. Hello. And Eddie Webb. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to sound like Chipper, but... <laughs> hard right now everyone knows what it's like right now <laughs> well i'll yes. tell you something to be chipper about okay yes. uh technocracy reloaded is currently on kickstarter and as of time of recording has just passed one hundred thousand dollars yeah in right? like a day yeah it funded <laughs> in 45 minutes yeah funded in 45 minutes and then under a day has passed 100k which is frankly i don't mind admitting pleasantly surprising um, I mean, everyone knows the technocracy are very popular, but yep. launching a Kickstarter during the current global situation was always a bit of a risk. Mm-hmm. And it's also a source book for another game, uh, not to diminish the quality of content in Technocracy Reloaded, but I had no idea it would be so successful so fast. So. No, I mean, I think it is perfectly fair to recognize the market forces in the sense that supplements sell less than core books. That's just the reality of our business and has been for decades. How yeah. much less depends on the individual products and the environment and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But consistently, if you stack up sales of a core book versus sales of a supplement, the supplement's going to be reduced. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the fact that this is doing extremely well is, is genuinely surprising. And you're right. It's not at all an admission or even a, rec- a concern about the quality or the team involved or anything, but rather just the simple fact that this is a source book. Um, and so the fact that people are so excited about technocracy is, is really, really heartening. And like I said, in this particular environment where everyone's having to save some money, the mm. fact that so many people are really putting a lot into this and are just genuinely pleased to do so is a relief, honestly. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, we've all seen a lot of people taking to role-playing online. You've obviously spoken to the Gehenna Gaming crew following mm-hmm. Virtual Horicon, and uh, lots more people are tuning into our Twitch channel as well to watch our actual play, so that's nice. Uh, and, of course, we will be back soon with the Scion actual play. Um, in fact, I'm sure... Are you to- Are you segueing? In fact, I'm about to. In fact, no, let, let's segue. Let's segue now. I think that was a perfect time. And now that I've I've highlighted it so much, the segue is slipping through my fingers like. Oh no, we're sand. trapped on a roundabout. No. On the beach. Yeah. We're just trapped on a roundabout forever, like Mr. Bean. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, segue. Um, I know a lot of folks read the. Uh, the Monday meeting blog and assume they know what our episode will be about because Rich usually announces it. Uh, this week they're half right. Uh, <laughs> I think we said we were coming back with the next part of our Scion actual play, but due to time constraints and waves hand vaguely outside, you know, the global <laughs> pandemic. Quick, um, get your hand back we... inside. <laughs> <laughs> my, my hand is at least six feet from any other hands that might be Six around. feet from your body. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Mr. Fantastic. Um, Unless I detach it. Anyway, because of what's going on this week, we have decided instead to stitch together the first uh, few bits of our Zion actual play as kind of a refresher. So this episode is going to be extremely long. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have to listen to it if you already feel like you're caught up on the Zion actual play. But if you would like to listen to it and would like to kind of go from character creation onward... um, then here's a good time to catch up. And that means that when we do get back to our second actual play, hopefully in the next couple of weeks here, um, you'll be refreshed and won't have to go back and listen to, you know, episodes that were 70, 80 episodes ago. Right. Absolutely. 
long time ago when we were young. I was never young. In the meantime, if you're also looking for something else to do while you're uh, waiting for our sign actual play, um, Technocracy Reloaded Kickstarter is going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> really? And we are on a roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> And how's that doing? Um, I'll, I'll tell you something else uh, that pleasantly surprised me. This one took me quite off guard. Was the backer oh. PDF of Pirates of Pugmire uh, was sent out, and so as yes. as a contributor to that book, along with you two, uh, playing yeah. various roles on this book, um, yeah, I've been reading through it and. I'm really impressed. I think it's a fantastic book, and I am remembering things I contributed to it, which is always lovely, but reading what all the other writers uh, contributed, and the artwork in it as well is just beautiful. It's like every Mm -hmm. single uh, book in Realms of Pugmire just seems to get better and better, and yeah, I'm just really impressed, so... Kudos to you, Eddie, and to you, Dixie, uh, co-writer. And... and to you, Matthew. Why, thank and you. To you, Matthew. Uh, and to you, um, and, and also, you, yeah, and uh, uh, Mike Cheney, obviously, um, it, it did a lot of the art direction on that, but also um, Aileen Miles, who's another longtime uh, uh, White Wolf uh, art uh, layout person and art director, uh, she did the layout for this, um, and we did some different things with the layout. So, again, yeah, I agree with you. It looks stunning. I'm really happy that it turned out. Uh, and also uh, this week, I had a chat with Rich about new Pugmire projects. Can't talk about anything yet, but Yay. there are new stuff. There is new stuff on the horizon. We're just working on details now. Honestly, we had a really good team for Pirates. I was very happy with yeah. everybody's work that I've read because it was it was the three of us, and then uh, Jason Minchowskis, Danielle Lozon, Travis Legg, Alyssa Rich. I think mm-hmm. everybody else. Yep. And of course, all the art was always fantastic. We got some. Some some returning some of the uh, some some new people, um, but yeah, I am I'm I'm a big fan of Brian Symes' character portraits. Yes. Uh, the uh, what's what's the class called? The one that's like a, a sphinx cat. It's like a sea witch. Oh, the uh, um, what, Oculus. What's, what's uh, yeah? I was like, I was, <laughs> no, no, it's not the Oculus. I was like, what's that calling called? Uh, oh, the Mystic. Yes, I wrote them. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Welcome to my world. Yeah, I was sitting here and I was like, I was like, sea witch. They're, they're sea witches. I don't know. Um, but I'm in love with that piece. Like, I just want to play that character in every game I play now. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> because she's so cool looking. Uh, hard turn real quick, but I'm um, speaking of forgetting things. Um, last week during the um, episode with uh, um, Gana Gaming, um, I made a mistake. Uh, <gasps> Rich Rich pointed out to me, um, gleefully, <gasps> I will point out, gleefully pointed out to me in the Monday meeting. Um, I mentioned during my, my, my origin story that um, I went for uh, application for the uh, Requiem line developer and that uh, Rose got the job. And Rich very pointedly corrected me. Um, it was actually um, Joe Carricker who got the job. Rose was hired to be the uh, EVE RPG line developer. Um, so that was my mistake. And I'm sorry, Joe, for forgetting about your very seminal role in uh, Requiem line development. Shame on you, Eddie. I, I feel very bad about this, especially considering we're obviously the Green Marine podcast. I should know this. Yeah. 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 But also, hey, if, if, if you know, the New York Times and stuff can issue retractions all the time, I guess we can too. <laughs> there we go. We are yeah, just at the New York they Times. Usually, 
they usually do them in really small little um, columns that no one reads on page 28, and we've just made a like a three-minute thing. This is like well, a headline. Just... Eddie was wrong. <laughs> That's cool. We'll call this episode Eddie was wrong. There we go. And nobody will know what it's about, but it could be fun. I think it will entice people. Well, this is hilarious. It's like, no, it'll be like, Eddie's wrong. Why is this episode four hours long? Is he is he wrong for four hours? <laughs> Eddie, can you um, just continue with a list of things you were wrong about? Like mis- misconceptions you had as a child? Anything. Well, yeah, so let's see. Um, uh, I, well, I was right about Wad uh, Mafia, but otherwise I was, you know, wrong about, um, like, yeah, I'm wrong about most of my life at this point, really. Um, I have forgotten so many things the past week <laughs> with people's names, um, books I've worked on, authors I, I have read several books of. I forgot William Gibson's name yesterday. I mean, it's like... It's... <laughs> you did. We were in a meeting about something and he was like, I don't know what this quote is from, but it's a good quote. And I was like, that's from Neuromancer. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, the book that, you know, inspired me to get involved in cyberpunk 20 years ago and I read seven times. Yeah, somehow I forgot that entire book. Uh. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I literally forgot a calling a second ago that I not only wrote, but also read yesterday because I flew right. through Pirates of Pugmire when I got it. The the cool thing about the backer PDF going out means that we're going to have the actual product out fairly shortly, which is awesome. So anyone that didn't back it will be able to get it. Right, right now we're collecting errata, yeah. Um, so once we get that, then um, you know, get to the printer. So it should be pretty soon. It's on the horizon, and um, uh, I have seen at least some people are starting to get their their. Um, some people who bought like the uh, the already existing like the Pugmire and Mal books um, are starting yeah. to see those shipped. Uh, so people are getting some of their rewards early, even. So it's it's nice that with everything going on, we're actually a little ahead of the game on some of our stuff. That's, I mean, uh, if we're ahead of the game, then we can just slack off, right? Well, well, that was my intention. Uh, I um, I was uh, when I was looking through Pirates of Pugmire, I I uh, so I also remember what I wrote vaguely, uh, but I remembered when rereading it in uh, lovely illustrated format how much I was trying to emulate something like Cannonball Run or Wacky Races with mm-hmm. uh, my uh, well maritime race to uh to dalmatian cove or thereabouts or to tilly isle um where everyone's got to find a ship there's various ships filled with holes different pirate crews are setting traps for each other there's lots of obstacles on the way and yeah i was reading through it and i was remembering this was a lot of fun to write and i know that we always go back to this whenever we talk about pugmire or monarchies of mao we always seem to remember uh God, that's a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, from a lot of the other work we do. Well, yeah, we work on so many serious and horror games. Yeah, we do. Like those are kind of two of our main genres are serious and horror. Like even even the parts where, where things like Scion and Trinity are are hopeful and fun or whatever, they they still tend to be serious at least in the writing of the core book. Mm-hmm. They not not that the plays have to be serious. Like when you play them, you can be as madcap as you want. Our our uh, Trinity actual play was ridiculous that I did. But I think that for me, working on the They Came From line and the Realms of Pugmire lines are like, it's like genuinely fun because you're actually trying to be genuinely funny occasionally. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas writing on Trinity and Scion and stuff, you're trying to present the material and if the players want to take it and be funny, they can. But, you know, 
Eddie, you have this this very specific tone that you like for Pugmire mm-hmm. that when you're nailing it, it's fun because like you're 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 never talking down to people, so that feels good. Yep. You're always just kind of saying, but 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 you are using very plain language. Mm-hmm. Um and then you do let us slip in jokes, but not the obvious ones. And trying to slip in the not obvious jokes is very fun for me. Yeah, like a perfect example is uh, for the um, stretch goal adventure, which is also going to lay out right now. Um, uh, uh, the writer uh, had a uh, a sparrow captain named Jack, and I was like, okay, I see where you're going here. Let's mention the fact that he's a sparrow. Let's mention later his name is Captain Mac. I just changed the name. Um, and let people put those pieces together. And I felt like it was a much stronger joke because at some point in time, someone at the table is going to go, Captain Max Sparrow, you know? And yeah. like, yes, that's what we're going for here. <laughs> and I edited that adventure and I'm not sure I noticed. And that's okay because right. the best kinds of, of those jokes are the kinds that people don't notice right away. Exactly, right. right. Whereas in the original first draft, it, his name's literally Captain Max Sparrow. Uh, so I'm just like, yeah. that's, that's too obvious too obvious like there's there's one very famous pirate with a bird name so let's just put them in there like no mm-hmm. no um but like i had the same feeling writing on that they came from line matthew like when when i was working on uh beyond the grave like yeah absolutely being able to say the stupid thing that you think in your head is kind of fun and then getting praised for it <laughs> <laughs> like there were things that I put in there that I was like, I'm not going to get away with this. And Matthew would like highlight it and be like, I love this. And I was like, yes. <laughs> well, again, um, it's all about tone. Some people hit it, some people don't. And it's not any fault of um, of of a writer who doesn't hit hit that tone because largely it's in my head. There's, obviously, some of it's in the outline. Most of it's in the outline. But sometimes mm-hmm. I'm going to read it and think, Eh, you know what that that kind of humor just doesn't work and sometimes writers such as yourself uh, eddie as well uh get it completely bang on the money and mm-hmm. that's a joy to read and of course makes red lines very easy uh means the comments i'm leaving are all this made me laugh and uh, <laughs> this but double it that kind of thing right. yeah i'm not I'm not trying to be like self-aggrandizing here, but when I went through and read my my red lines, you know, it was a month after I had turned in the work and I hadn't really looked at it in that time. I had written things that made me laugh. And yeah. I was like, I forgot I wrote that. I'm delighted right now by this. <laughs> like, um, my, my trick for writing on They Came From is about a glass and a half of wine. Uh, <laughs> like just, just to get to that point where you will say that thing that usually you would just think to yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll just write this in. I don't care. It's 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 a first draft, whatever. And some of that ended up being some of my stronger work because I was just like, just just right at that edge of of uh, of, of tipsy. <laughs> Which reminds me, at some point, we still have to do our uh, uh, tipsy episode recording. Well, we should probably not do that one at 10 a.m. on a weekday. <laughs> well, day drinking is bad. And I agree, but... I just hate day drinking. Like every time I've done an, an event where my friends are like, we're going to start drinking at brunch. We're going to drink all day. I'm like, I'm going to be asleep by noon. Right. Is what's going to happen. Cause that's not fun for me. I don't want to be drunk and sweaty and outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds, that sounds a bit like Gen Con. So um, yeah, let, let's not. True. I don't drink at Gen Con until nighttime. <laughs> See, like, <laughs> There's an event in Connecticut I used to go to. This is just totally off the rails now. I don't care. Uh, there's an <laughs> event that they do every year. Probably not this year, I'm assuming. But every year there's a big event called Sailfest. 
Um, where it's just like a, it's a carnival. They shut down the whole like downtown area of the town I used to live in. Um, and they have, you know, vendors and all the bars are open and there's food and there's concerts and art art gallery showings and all kinds of things. Um, and yeah, for a lot of my friends, they were always like, let's let's roll up there at 10 a.m. and get beers. And I was like, no, like I'll go start hanging out and eating food at like 10 or 11 a.m. But I'm not going to start drinking until at least like five or six. Like that's. I, I'm, I'm not going to make it until 2 a.m. if we start <laughs> drinking this early. Right. So, well, now that we have talked about all kinds of things uh, <laughs> and and praised each other and ourselves. Uh, oh, we could probably keep doing a podcast like this. <laughs> I mean, sure, let's just keep talking. No, no. Uh, we, 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 we have a plan. We have announced our plan. I want to stick to our plan. Yes. Otherwise, um, it's back on the merry-go-round we go. Yeah, and then this episode is just a complete nonsense thing that will make no sense Speaking to anybody Speaking of which, um, the Technocracy Reloaded Kickstarter is starting. Oh, that's <laughs> it? Really? Um, speaking Sorry, of other, I had to do it. I know. Uh, I, was, I was waiting. Uh, another Kickstarter that's going that isn't anything to do with us, but I think is something we should aspire to monetarily, is Frosthaven, the sequel to oh, geez, Gloomhaven. Yeah. Um, now, I think by the time this gets released, the Kickstarter should have just concluded. Uh, I think it's got something like 50 something hours left right now and we're recording this on the wednesday but, it's about seven million yeah it's on about it's seven nine point six million is it oh yeah yes, I, it... i'm i'm looking at it right now ah, yes it'll be seven point something million pounds and nine point something million dollars i guess yeah um, yeah but yeah but it's quite quite stunning uh and what's glorious about it is i mean i'm a big fan of gloomhaven anyway uh is that this isn't a game that is uh made to a massively high spec you know it doesn't have loads of painted miniatures in you don't get loads of uh sort of gold medallions <laughs> inside it or useless uh, peripherals it's right. all cardboard it's all sort of very neatly packed away and it's just an incredibly versatile game that's gloomhaven anyway and frosthaven just looks to be more of the same and i think it's quite just reassuring in a way that on the strength of a game's quality you can uh, make such uh, such earnings uh, so all all kudos to them as well for the for the great success of their Kickstarter. Uh, I I hope it does even better in its closing day. Totally agree. I've been very tempted to um, back it just so I can also get Gloomhaven for a little cheaper. I I, it, I would say it's worth it. I mean, it would it gives you months upon months, years of play. Uh, not that you have to play them back to back, but it really is uh, a worthwhile investment, I think. True. I have found, though, that one of the dangers of quarantine is that my brain keeps trying to rationalize, well, you're not spending money on going out, so you can buy ridiculously expensive things on the internet. <laughs> so that's not, like, the best mentality to have. I should more be like, hey, I'm saving money right now. I can pay off some credit cards. <laughs> because, you know, we're only doing takeout, like, maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. um, just mostly to support some of our local businesses here. So, like, we'll occasionally grab something from, like, a, a, a truly local place. Right. And then past that, we get a lot of our meat and uh, produce delivered. So we're not going to the grocery store that often. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we're saving all this money right now. Like I could buy Gloomhaven. And it's like, Dixie, don't start making like 
$200 purchases just because you happen to not go get cocktails this week. But in right. theory, I mean, they- if you do, you won't then need to buy another board game for another year. It's true. It's true. That is the one, like... We had done uh, Time Stories a while back, which I do enjoy, mm. but having to buy like a 30 or $40 expansion every time you want to play a new one where you, you know, don't already know how it's going to end yeah, is right. actually kind of annoying. Yeah, I buy all of them secondhand, the Time Stories expansions, for, for exactly that reason. Uh, it's as, yeah, you might get two uses out of it, maybe, uh, if you go back to it after a long while. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I I just try to avoid buying them new now for for that reason. I never thought about the fact that you could probably buy them on like eBay <laughs> or secondhand. Yeah, yeah, I, I look on Facebook Marketplace for these things. The point is, I feel kind of silly, but also hopeful that I can get the other expansions now that we haven't played <laughs> without spending like you know one hundred and twenty dollars that I could be spending on fucking Gloomhaven. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's that's our ultimate segue to the Scion actual play, fucking Gloomhaven. Fucking <laughs> Gloomhaven. And now, without further ado, Scion Origin. Um. So, Scion, so. Scion Origin. Now, Character creation. Yeah, remember that. So. No, I've completely forgotten what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> So for those of you listening who aren't familiar with uh, the game of Scion, uh, Scion was initially released by White Wolf of old in the, I guess, early to mid-2000s. And, yeah, about there. And it uh, had its own system that was uh, based on the storytelling system uh, to, a, to a degree. It was still D10s. And the general concept of Scion was that you are playing the descendants, direct descendants of the gods of uh, of ancient myth and these ranged from the, the Greco-Roman Theoi to the uh, Egyptian Netya and all kinds of other pantheons around the world and it was a great game with a great concept and for the last few years hasn't really been active uh, it's it, it came to the end of its line again in the mid 2000s and onyx path purchased the full rights to create scion games and our developers such as neil raymond price along with the incredible story path team who helped design the system have made scion second edition starting with scion origin and we launched it on Kickstarter. It did very well. Scion Origin has gone out to backers, and I believe all errata has been collected now, and Neil is diligently inputting it to make sure the finished product is as polished and shiny as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game has undergone numerous improvements since the first edition because I can say as a frequent player of Scion First Ed the setting is sublime but the system is deeply flawed and I think a lot of people agree with that assessment with, with the benefit of hindsight uh, right. s- second edition we have rigorously tested the story path system across not only Scion but also Trinity and also they came from beneath the sea with various variants and, and dystopia rising. And dystopia rising. You sorry. always want to forget yep. about dystopia rising. I do. I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't deserve. It's it. all. It. Oh. That's so sad. Oh, no. It's so cute. Cute. We'll we'll do a d- dystopia rising deep dive. Well, we've already done one, but we'll do we a character one. creation yeah. session in a, in a couple of months. But anyway. Okay. 
back to Scion. Uh, so the game has been updated. It isn't uh, linked to any strong meta plot, so you don't need to have read first edition in order to get second edition. And this is essentially a superhero role-playing game in which you are playing, still, the children of the gods. And one of the interesting things about 2nd edition that is pushed more to the forefront than uh, in 1st ed is how much the world, the world in which both mortals and scions and titans spawn live, is more accepting of faith, belief, mythology being ever present in their world. Things can be more readily attributed to the gods than in perhaps our world. It's very similar but there are some rather subtle differences. So, we are going to be creating a couple of characters for Scion Origin, which is the first book in the Scion 2nd Edition series, uh, with Dixie and Eddie as players. Yay! To take this you through... This is kind of like playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, let me get to it. And let me get to it. Once we have finished creating the characters, in a couple of weeks, if the... Uh, winds don't blow my house down before then, we should actually get a session in, a gameplay session, that we will be able to what? upload to our YouTube channel or Twitch channel. Uh, right now we're debating over which would be the best. Maybe both. And Dixie and Eddie can be the players. And Dixie can finally get in her long-awaited tabletop role-playing game experience, albeit online. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I've got another chance this weekend because we're at PAX Unplugged. So I'll update y'all next week as to whether or not I got to play a game. So I may be usurped as your first storyteller in some time. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll I see. mean, Monarchies of Mao will be at PAX Unplugged and I'll be there, so, you know. Well, we'll Always talk a little more Talk a little schedule. more about PAX at the end of this. Right. Now you care about structure. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, fine, fine. You talk about no. We're talking no, about no, 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 no. Stay the course. Stay the course. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going <laughs> to lay out what the setting of our game is going to be. We're going to be setting it in Miami, a city in the USA, if you're unfamiliar. And Miami is, of course, the setting of numerous TV shows. It's um, quite well known for its sun-drenched beaches, its cabana bars, its somewhat thriving drug, drug trade. And also for being the home of such TV stars, TV characters as Dexter, the cast of CSI Miami, and Burn Notice, among others. They always put across a certain feel for Miami of, on one hand, there's glamour and glitz. On the other, there's a very seedy underworld underbelly. And for me, Miami is a setting I've used for Scion before, and is the setting I'm going to be using for our two characters in this game. Uh, so, let us start with character creation as the book takes us through it. We start, first of all, with a character concept. And concepts don't have to be long. They can be one sentence, maybe two at maximum. Just so we can get a feel for the kind of character you're going to be playing. So, let's start with you, Dixie. What kind of character are you interested in playing? I actually wrote this down in my notes. So I put uh, secretly optimistic, disaffected rebel. <laughs> so somebody oh. who presents as a very, like, kind of punk rock, kind of street kid, but in the way that a lot of the youth are today, or people of my generation are today, she's also, like, trying to be a force for change and for good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, okay. that's my, like, basic thing. And Eddie? 
Um, so the, the rough idea I have is someone who's uh, a med student. Um, uh, he's, I wasn't sure where we're setting it. So the idea is that he's from a different country. So he's moving to this country to, to learn medicine. Um, and he's not quite done with his uh, study yet. He's in his residency. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he's doing some things at hospitals, but he's still not a full doctor yet. Uh, so what now that you know where this game is set, where are you leaning toward for your character's country of origin? Um, still not sure yet. I mean, he, he, because of later decisions, uh, he's going to have some Irish ancestry, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be from Ireland. I'm still mulling that over. Okay. So the next thing we need to do is decide on deeds. So deeds are very much player-driven. They are the things that the players want to achieve in the game session, in the entire story, and as a group. And it's the responsibility of the players as a group to actually achieve these for each other. And each player chooses a short-term deed, a long-term deed, and there's a band-term deed that is agreed upon uh, between the group for the entire band, as it were, of characters. So, Dixie, uh, we can go for a couple of short-term deeds if you like, but for the time being, uh, what, what are you thinking of for your character's short-term deeds? What would you like to see your character achieve? So, since a short-term deed is supposed to be something that's achievable in, like, one gameplay session... Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't want to make it too, you know, over the top or whatever. It was just to defend someone in need or help somebody in need, whether it's a friend who is, you know, doing something they shouldn't be doing or whether it is a stranger getting, you know, beat up on the street, whatever. She just wants, like, she has a, a desire to kind of help people and save people. Um, and so even, you know, something as small as, like, speaking up for somebody who's getting harassed in public, you know, something like that, even if it means possibly getting into a fight herself. Like, she's well, willing to do that. This this story will definitely give you the opportunity for that. And, Eddie, your character's short-term deed? Um, uh, I, I think yeah, it's similar to, like, uh, Dixie's thoughts in the sense of something I could do pretty, pretty easily. It is to heal someone, uh, uh, to find someone. And, and that could be nebulous. It could be... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm currently thinking physical healing, but it could be uh, an emotional healing. It could be uh, emotional support. I'm, not, I'm fuzzy on that, but the idea that he's going to go out of his way to try to heal someone, that doesn't necessarily benefit him. You know, Eddie, it's, it's kind of funny that for all that we made somewhat different characters, like mine's more like a punk rock street kid and yours is like a med student, we're actually going to end up having really similar goals because of your person being, you know, a, a guy that is obviously going to school to help people and my girl being someone who has researched through, like, you know, either the library or the internet or just learning from other people or whatever how to best help those in need just in different ways. That's actually a really good point, and I think that will help as we, you know, pull our band together, knowing that okay, we're on the same page for some things. That, yeah, because really I was thing to work from. I was definitely trying to figure out like when we were first kind of chatting about this. I was like, why would my girl hang out with a med student? Like, you know, mm. maybe if he's like cool, wants to like come do some of the you know activism type stuff. I don't know, but we'll see. But yeah, no, I like that. Then we have long-term deeds. Now, long-term deeds, you, we can actually come back to this if necessary, because often it will be in part defined by the paths you choose for your character. But it is possible the two of you have already selected these. So a long-term deed is something that will take an entire story arc to achieve. If you imagine a uh, comic book character such as, uh, I don't know, let's say Batman in the No Man's Land 
uh, comic book storyline, every single issue he's going up against a different villain, so his short-term deeds are to put down Mr. Freeze, put down Clayface and what have you. The long-term is to stabilise Gotham City after its earthquake. So, in our right. case, uh, what long-term deeds do we have in mind, Dixie? Right, so kind of a similar thing, or it's a short-term, could be like a one-off thing, uh, and I... I... I connected the short-term one to Valor, because some of them have, like, connections you can make. So for the long-term one, I connected it to Conviction, and that's actually, like, either help a person or a group, like, actually affect long-term change somehow, whether it's in her community, or whether it's getting somebody off the street and into a stable lifestyle, like, actually doing something that takes longer than, you know, a five-minute interaction mm. to, to, you know, change something for the better, or whether it's something political like getting a, a, a bill shot down that would negatively affect the homeless you know so she's very much like she wants to save people like she does kind of want to be a hero um but she also feels like she's not very good at it sometimes or that she's you know or or that the the world has no place for heroes or that she'll never be as good as the one she sees on youtube and tv and stuff so yeah so she's like a little bit of a struggle with that but yeah so overall she wants to save somebody or a group or just affect larger change in her community Okay, and Eddie? I was talking because that actually ties in really well with what I'm thinking of. Cause I, right now I have uh, Find a Purpose um, because I'm imagining this character didn't go into med school for completely altruistic reasons. Much more like, you know, the family said you should be a doctor, right. a lot of money. Because um, that is very much the modern perception of, of, of men in healing professions is that, you know, it's not because you're nurturing, it's because this makes you money. Mm. Um, and so he doesn't resent medicine he finds he, he enjoys he enjoys elements of being a physician being a healer but it's not necessarily equate to being a modern doctor um and so he's a little lost in terms of what his purpose is and of course he's still you know he's an unemployed med student right now so i mean there's a lot of also immediate pressures of find the job find money so all of that it's like he's feeling a little lost so i'm thinking just his long term is actually finding a purpose and finding someone who has a strong purpose but can't necessarily or struggles to enact it would be a really good, I think, character pairing. That's yeah. a that's a very nice tie into the general fate themes of of Scion, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, from a from the perspective of a character like a medical student, it could be as simple as finding the school of medicine in which he wants to operate. You know, is he more interested in surgery or being a pediatrician, that sort of thing? Uh, right, exactly. It's it's the I get more I get more personal satisfaction for things like uh, general practice, but also mm. I know there's money in like uh, plastic surgery and you know that kind of debates that I've, I've had other friends who are med students have those kinds of debates. Yeah. Okay, and the final set of deeds, or the final deed, is the band term deed, and it helps to know a little about the game in order to set a band term deed. So, what we will be confronted with as the story starts is Miami being racked by a hurricane just come in from the sea and tidal waves bashing up against its shore and the fallout that occurs after a natural disaster like that has hit a metropolitan area right so honestly your your desires for your characters to be in situations where they are going to help people are definitely going to be at the forefront immediately this will be a chance for them to become heroes with the lowercase h early on <laughs> uh, because of the uh, because of the situation they find themselves so 
with that in mind, the band term deed uh, could very well tie to the fact that there's a natural, or in brackets, unnatural disaster going on. Mm. Mm. For the listeners, what's what's funny about this is that we didn't actually know what any of Matthew's setup was going to be. We made these characters. And also, right. Eddie and I very, just barely discussed what we were doing, just to make sure we weren't making the exact same kind of character. But past right. that, these are working out way better than, <laughs> than we actually thought they would. Um, and I'm glad we actually did yeah. it this way, because this is pretty similar to how a character creation session kind of goes. It, it sometimes it's like, ah, oh, adjust is just that, and sometimes everyone's just weirdly firing on the same cylinder. In this case, it's really, really cool. I'm very excited by this. Well, right. and as an aside, and I guess this is Matthew Dawkins' GMing advice uh, hoving in, uh, I've been in a lot of game sessions where GMs encourage you to create characters in a vacuum and then sort of plonk the plot right on top of you. And while I'm not going to be giving away too many details of the story up ahead, I certainly recommend anyone running a game to either lay the seeds of what the story's going to be about to the players so that they can tie, weave their characters into it, or to listen to the characters and if they have a full, or listen to the players I should say, and if they have a full-fledged idea of what they want their characters to do to tailor their scenario to that. Um, but certainly don't try and bash two disparate elements up against each other and hope that they work. It's it's good to yeah. um, to at least tease a little bit of the information that's going to be coming up in the game. Right. So yeah, so that's kind of cool it's working out. So currently, of course, we don't have band term deeds that we've decided on, because the band term deed is something that we want to do as a, as a unit. Mm. Well, I guess the question is, do, do your characters know each other beforehand? Because you wouldn't have a band term deed really until you do. Or it's a more difficult to justify. Right. And that we haven't talked about yet. No. Eddie? Um, uh, so I'm of two minds. I mean, I, I think it can be a lot of fun to play through the awkward getting to know each other character stage. Um, yeah. uh, uh, especially if we are all as players on the same page. Okay, eventually we have to get along and find a way to get along and we're all going to do X. So knowing where, how we're getting there can be part of the fun. Um, but also, since we're openly talking about this as a thing that we're going to try to put online and show people, I don't know if that's going to be fun for other people to witness. I mean, we do this kind of awkward bantery stuff all the time, you know, weekly. I don't know if they want to also see us awkwardly bantering, getting to know each other as characters. It might be really entertaining. It might not. I don't know. So I'm in okay. two minds, honestly. Yeah. I almost feel like it would make sense in the story that you presented, especially if this hurricane just happened, for both of our characters to show up as like a relief effort and meet that way. Mm -hmm. But also it would make sense if maybe we were both already part of some kind of aid organization since he's looking for purpose and I'm trying to help. Um, and like maybe vaguely know each other like by sight or by, you know, first name, but aren't friends. Mm -hmm. I think one okay. of those two things would make the most sense personally. Um, that makes sense because then, yeah. then we have a tie. We have a reason to stick together when things get tense, but we still have some room to you and I to both kind of see what the relationship's going to look like. Yeah. So, okay. okay, so yes, you are both going to be members of a civilian relief team whose uh, first objective is to see whether there's anyone still trapped in that uh, seafront hotel, and if right. so, to escort them to safety. So, uh, you were no doubt briefed about what you need to do to stay together uh, if you become separated at all, you know, and there will be various uh, procedures you will end up learning. But I think that's a, an excellent tie that we don't need to necessarily cover in the game, but that's already linked to your characters. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Because then we could be assigned to the same small team and have to deal with each other, then you could run like an NPC or two if you need to, you know? Exactly. So maybe our band's uh, uh, deed then could be find a way to make this work. Right. Also, I just said NPC, and I'm sorry, it's actually SGC in this game. It's a story guide character. I am a bad person. But no, it's fine. <laughs> I keep saying GMing and all kinds. Oh, yeah. All of us do that. Yeah, so find, <laughs> find a way to make... What work precisely? The the friendship? This, this relief effort work. This team work. Okay. Yeah, keep the team together. There we go. Keep the team together. Getting the band back together. Yeah. Uh, so let's say that's right an here. endurance. Go ahead. Would you, yeah. say, uh, would you say it's an endurance deed if, you can, um, if you're trying to keep a team together in arduous circumstances? Probably. I'd have to... It's always hard without the book in front of you. I have to look at the actual list of deeds. We should, actually, Matthew, we should probably talk a little bit about the unifying phrases. Hmm? Because <laughs> you mentioned endurance. We haven't talked about what that means in the context of deeds yet. Uh, well, uh, yes. So there's uh, unifying phrases that are associated to deeds. Um, basically, well, in fact, I've got the book. I do have the book in front of me. Th- fancy that. I mean, so do I, but it's just in PDF form. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so basically you can assign a theme or unifying phrase to a deed so Dixie you mentioned uh, one earlier regarding your character I think did you say I've got valor for my short term and conviction for my long term that's that's right and we have endurance here as one of the one of the examples in the book Um, endurance deeds for instance are survive extended bouts of hard physical labor function for days without rest endure pain hunger thirst and fatigue now what i'm thinking of is a more immediate threat a more social threat so maybe endurance isn't the correct one i think ours should be based on the list because i am looking at it now it would probably be some version of loyalty or duty. I feel like okay. duty might be the, one of the main ones. That's like help help those in need, builder of her objects vital to a community. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, duty does sound better. Now, what's uh, what these deeds achieve? Uh, you know, they, they aren't just things to write on a character sheet. If players achieve their deeds, they earn experience points, and it's simple as that. And this is why it's worthwhile the players assisting each other in achieving the deeds they have respectively selected, because it means everyone gets stronger in the group and your characters become more powerful. It's, it is a simple translation of achieve the deeds you set out to do, get rewarded. Yep. Right. And it's something up through my playtests of uh, just they came from alone. It's something that players just seem to get. So I'm 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 a really big fan of this mechanic. Yeah, honestly, also just from as a as a even outside the mechanics, just having something in front of your sheet to go. Okay, what do I do now? Okay, well, I have three things I I can be focusing on. It really helps sometimes when things when lots of stuff's happening during the game to kind of go. Oh, actually, my character really wants. You know, can we can we work in a point where my character can heal someone because I know that's the thing I want to do, and so it allows you as the player and, and the story guide to kind of talk through. This might be cool for the game to happen, and the story guide also is aware ahead of time, hey, these are things I know you want to have happen, so I'll try to find a way to work them in. So it really does work to kind of focus the game as a whole, I think. Mm. Okay, let, let's move on to step two, which is paths. Let Selecting me, the paths. Oh. Let me stop you real quick. I think we actually skipped something. <laughs> we did. The second paragraph of concept, which was the very beginning, was if you're playing a pre-visitation scion, you should also decide on your character's divine parent and all that stuff at the Pantheon. Yeah, that's slightly oh, yeah. important for Scion, isn't it? We talk about <laughs> who our parents are. Woo! 
Whoops. We could reveal our characters' names if we wanted. And I mean, just being like my girl. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to take over. I'm just thinking maybe we should talk about that because all of my paths and even my deeds are kind of related to my divine parent. So. No, no. Uh, that's a good I think point. That, that that's absolutely fair. Uh, this is something I usually sort of select at the end that's often how i treat clans but i will follow the book you are correct yeah, let's well, uh, let's talk about pantheons and divine parents then dixie what yeah. are you thinking for yours so i am i chose the theoi pantheon mostly because i wanted persephone as my divine parent um i've always liked her as a goddess figure i like the whole kind of light and dark dichotomy you know living for half the year up in heaven half the year in hell um, all because of her convictions and kind of of love and things like that. It's it's always been a really cool story. Um, and my character is named Phaedra Maris. So, but she goes by Faye. So you can call her Faye. Lovely. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And Eddie? Um, uh, so I, I was pretty quickly kind of gravitated to, and then I'm going to say ahead of time, I apologize to all my Irish friends if I screw any of this stuff up. Um, uh, but I do want to kind of do the Tuatha Te Danann uh, because of the time I lived in Ireland last year. And so I was like, oh, I want to kind of celebrate that a little bit and have fun with that. Um, but I also didn't want to do kind of the the known uh, one of the gods. I wanted to pick something that's a little off, off kilter. And that's how I started my concept. I was like, okay, which of these are, are uh, Irish guys we don't talk about a lot in, in kind of common pop culture? Um, and I actually quickly settled on uh, uh, Dion Sect, which is the god of healing. So I mean, a lot of obviously my, my concept is, is dwelling from that. Uh, is that just someone who, who's who's drawn to healing, um, but you know also the, the and I'm find interesting the the lens of, of spiritual and, and mythological healing versus our modern day commercialization, especially in America, commercialization. That's why I wanted to kind of see where the country what country we're setting it in because it does kind of change how I was approaching it. But definitely, so staying in America, I like that because I do want to play with that dichotomy. Um, right. And the character's name is uh, uh, the character's name is Kean Sweeney. Kian. Okay. Kian, yeah. Okay, cool. So we have Kian and Faye. Yeah. Faye and Kian. Yeah, I just tried <laughs> to pick a Greek name that wasn't super obviously Greek. So, <laughs> also right. Phaedra is the main character in the Kashil Start book series I always talk about. So I thought I would just <laughs> nice. go with Phaedra because it's an actual Greek name. <laughs> there you go. All right, then. So we will get on to paths now. Uh, I don't think I've missed anything else. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm doubting myself. No, now. no, no, you're great. You're, <laughs> you're wonderful. <laughs> uh, so we define three paths for our Scion characters. We define their origin, their role, and in our case, their pantheon, uh, which we've already spoken about. Uh, but we'll get back onto it. So origin is, as the name implies, your character's background. And the different paths you select have a knock-on effect to the skills that your character will have access to. You can choose the skills, um, while the book will suggest some skills associated with certain origins. Um, you can also completely customise these as long as it makes some degree of sense, or is interesting. So, for instance, some of the origins that are suggested in the book include globe trop globe trotting army brat, say that with a mouthful, uh, <laughs> daughter of Harlem, and so on. Uh, so, what origin were you thinking of for your character, Dixie? I went off book for this one. <laughs> so I, I didn't choose one of the ones in the book. Um, mine was more like an absent parent kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so she very much like raised herself. It's not that her father that raised her was like a, a bad guy per se, but he was gone a lot for work, and when he was home, he was always kind of working. And she very much like raised herself and was constantly seeking approval. So she did very well in the school. Um, so I gave her more academics background because unfortunately the only other one that kind of worked for my character was like street rat, which wasn't really what I was going for because she didn't Mm, like have to fight to survive, but she did spend a lot of time just pursuing her own interests and she's been very independent from a very young age. So I put like absent parents slash like self-raised for my, my origin path. Okay then. Well, we'll get on to the skills you've selected once we get to the skills section of character creation. But, right. Um, and Eddie, what did you go for for your character's origin? Um, I, I kind of went a different direction uh, in the sense that um, I wanted to play with this idea, as I've talked about before, that um, uh, this character was kind of stuck in a, a dichotomy. Um, and I wanted his background to be atypical from what you would expect from someone who's going through med school. Um, so I didn't want to have a high like intellectual background, like academic background. Um, so instead of my, my, my path, and I try to find a way to phrase it, but I have right now obsessed with sports. He was very much a jock in, in high school, very much a jock growing up, um, and, and became slowly interested in, in healing as a concept. Um, so this is the kind of, of, of character who's also going to be passionate about football scores and, and, and you know, still like, goes out and plays games once a week. Um, uh, as a kind of a weird again, kind of give it some some tension, a little bit of a not unexpected te- uh, bit to it. I don't have much more beyond that though. Okay, well, no, I think that's uh, detailed enough. And then we have our role path, which uh, in one sense is your occupation or area of expertise. In another, it's the role you perform within the band, within your group of characters. So as these uh, characters have only just really met, uh, you could define this by your role within the uh, civilian emergency group or in your role outside of that. Uh, Dixie, what's Faye's role? Her role in the civilian group would be a little different than what I selected, just because I was selecting her kind of in a vacuum, not knowing where we were going to go with this. Um, So... The kind of main concept behind my role I put is dark dark and light, which is very much connected to the Persephone myth, once again. Um, mm. So she's very, you know, angry about the world, and she is angry about how people are treated and everything, but she's also super hopeful and optimistic and trying to help people. So it's this very, you know, it's a thing that I think a lot of people are feeling now in the real world, <laughs> where you're, you're, you're angry, but you want to fix things. Or you're trying to kind of reconcile the two because sometimes you just want to yell. Uh, so I envisioned her as being kind of a, you know, like an angry punk activist was what I, I, I put as her basic thing. So like maybe she's in a band where she gets to let some of that out and she yells like an actual band, not like a scion band. Um, and, <laughs> but, but then, you know. Maybe her day job is very much, like, in politics and helping people and doing the rescue relief type stuff. So, yeah. So kind of a dark and light dichotomy was her her role. Okay. And what about uh, Kian, Eddie? Uh, much more straightforward. I just have that he's an unemployed med student slash resident. Um, but the emphasis on the unemployed part, because, again, that's one of the things they kind of want to... Uh, 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 f- he's visualizing finding his purpose right now as, I need to find a job or a career. Um, but it's actually deeper than that. Right. Okay. And that takes us on to the third part of the path creation, which is society or pantheon. 
and essentially ties you to a divine parent in our characters' cases. So, uh, is there anything more you want to say on your Pantheon path, Dixie? Uh, yeah, her... She... I kind of envision her as knowing who her divine parent is, which you can know or not know, depending on your character. Yep. Um, so I kind of had a thought where she maybe got a little obsessed with the Persephone stories for a while, and she's trying to find the balance that her mother has in the stories. So she's trying to find that balance between dark and light, and trying to figure out how to embrace them both to be stronger at the end. Okay. And uh, because you've... And, uh, and presentation scion, obviously, which is part of that. <laughs> yeah. And because you've uh, you've chosen the Theoi Pantheon, I assume you will be taking the three skills dictated by that Pantheon as well when I, we get to that stage. I do believe I did. I'd have to look yeah. at which skills are which again, but yes. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a minute. And Eddie, what about you? Um, not a ton, although uh, I have been thinking about an earlier question uh, you asked, and I think I'm going to change my mind because um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good topic to talk about. Um I always find it a little awkward to play a character from a different nationality than myself, specifically in regards to accents. Right. Um, it's yeah, like, I wouldn't do that. You know, if I, I, I don't want to do a bad accent, but at the same time, I don't want it to sound like an American just happens to be from a different country. Um, so I think for this, I'm just going to sidestep that. Instead, um, uh, 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 rather than the character being from a different country, I'm going to try, I'm gonna, instead, it's a character from Boston, a strong uh, Irish American uh, uh, population, which is a Irish American is a very distinct thing from Ireland, uh, but still, it, it, there's enough of a connection there that there's, there, there's a reason why a member of the Tawatha may have, you know, birthed someone in, in that area. Uh, so um, I, I, um, I th a city like Miami is very much a foreign country to someone who's uh, born and raised in Boston, I would say. Right, exactly. So the idea of the culture shock, I think, will still be there, but it's less of a different country culture shock and much more along the lines of moving from the, the you know new england to my to florida is a very distinct thing also, inside the united states also boston is very much a sports town so if you're obsessed with sports right you right. have a lot exactly. of a lot of options up there that, that was my thought too is that there's a lot of things as i was talking through it's like you know boston's a really good place for this character to come from so yeah i, I think i'm switched to that but still other than that yeah he's doesn't know much about his his heritage and currently doesn't have a particular obsession one way or the other. Okay, uh, so uh, what, what what do you have a phrase written down for your uh, society or pantheon path? I just have a, 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 a child of Dion sect, and we'll go from there. Okay, all right then. So uh, I think we go straight onto skills at this point. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you choose three. Uh, skills for your relate to your origin, three to your role, and the three that are connected to your pantheon are dictated by your pantheon. Um, so you have to prioritize your character's paths as primary, secondary, and tertiary, uh, which is the most important to your character, which is the least important as your character currently stands. Obviously, this may change later on in the character's life. So each one dictates how many skill points you get. So, let's see. Dixie, which of your character's paths did you put as primary? Uh, her role path. So, the dark and light dichotomy. Oh, okay. That's interesting. For some reason, I was imagining you were going to go for origin. Nope. 
That's actually his third. That's, that's, that's the last one, because she's very much like, I'm not going to let that dictate my life kind of person. Oh, no, that's good. That's interesting. And uh, what about you, Eddie? Uh, yeah, prim- same thing, though. His primary is his uh, role path, his med-student path. And uh, did you put your origin as tertiary as well? Uh, no, actually, my, my, the obsessive sports is, is his tertiary. He's moving away from his backgrounds, and he's starting to embrace or at least recognize that his uh, uh, pantheon, his, his, his heritage, has some draw for him. So he's, you know, it, it's a kind of the, I'm moving away from my thought I was going to do with my life into the thing that I'm being fated to do with my life. Okay. And uh, I'm sure people aren't going to be terribly interested to hear every single skill and every single point allotment. So <laughs> ra- rather than doing that, let's uh, just talk about where your character specializes in skills and where they are perhaps a little more woeful. So, uh, Dixie, what what would you say is your character's skill highlights and lowlights? Um, I definitely uh, went with a lot of academics, uh, mostly her own self-research, but I put a specialization of politics and activism. Like, she's just, especially in this day and age, if we're using modern technology, you know, she's always on her phone, she's always on Twitter, she's always reading everything that's going on in the world. Like, she's just very, you know, invested in that. Um, And then also empathy, since she is so big on helping people. Um, and then a fair amount of persuasion, just because she's good at kind of like rousing the crowd, things like that. A little bit of leadership, you know. Yeah. Lovely. And Eddie? Um, similar with the academics, not as much as it sounds like uh, Dixie's character has. Um, I've got but, four dots. Yeah, I've, I only have three. Um, but I mean, you can't go through med school without picking up a certain amount of academic stuff. Um, I have a, a fairly low spread lots of little things like you know again it's a weird diverse background so it's like a little bit of athletics a little bit of close combat a little bit of culture um but his big one is i have five dots in medicine which is specialized right now in emt right mm-hmm. um especially with, which again something i didn't pick initially or i didn't know what the background is like emt sounds good but it turns out this could be a really fantastic one for this concept and the structure right or like that might i also have yeah go ahead i'm sorry I'll say I also have survival at three dots, which sounds weird, but to me that ties into the unemployed portion of it. It's like how he's had to kind of make things work because of this crippling student debt and also putting in money for other things and trying to make ends meet. He's ended up learning a lot of just how to see make a dollar stretch a lot further. See, so I thought about that, right? Like putting survival on there because she would like brace herself, but then I read the description of survival and it's straight up like you can find water in a desert you can live in the woods. And I'm like, that's not what I mean. So I didn't know, mm. like, whether I should take that or not. Um, and that's a good point. This, this is something that we can talk about, you know, as a group or as the story oh, so- guide. Like, you could decide if you're going to allow that or not. Because I, I, I thought yeah. about it, but it wasn't... There, There isn't a streetwise skill in this game, like, like there is in some right. other games, which is fine. It just meant that I was trying to figure out where to put that kind of, you know, ability. No, I I agree, because there's also no finance skill. So, uh, talking about how to make ends meet, uh, there's nowhere it really falls under naturally. So, I tend to treat story path skills as diverse as the players need to make them uh, within within reason. If, If the name of it is well, justifies what you're trying to do basically i'm i'm good with that okay so uh, i think uh, the idea of using survival to essentially survive in a modern urban environment is quite an interesting one uh, it's mm. not a way i've seen it used before but i would i would allow it um 
and yeah, as said, there aren't other skills that I would readily uh, replace survival with for for the person. The only other two I, I was looking at as possibilities are either culture or integrity. But even those are kind of they don't seem they don't they're not as much an obvious fit as, as survival conceptually. You know. No, I would see integrity as coping, um, potentially. Right. You know, not not laying it break you down culture possibly making the best of the situation oh yeah i'd say culture or survival in this case but i'm happy for you to keep survival on your sheets and, yeah. and use that um yeah i think it's uh, quite an inspired way of using the skill yeah yeah i took culture for a, a similar so i actually brief tangent i i ended up talking to neil about this a little bit when i was making this character and kind of going like i feel like i have too many skills like too many dots because I feel like, why is my, you know, let's say that my girl is 25 years old, like, why is she so good at culture that she can possibly speak multiple languages and identify art on site and whatever? That seems weird. Um, and even having the level of academics I had seemed weird. And he kind of said, like, a, a pre-visitation scion is still meant to be, like, a bit of a savant. Like, they're supposed to be extra good at a lot of things. And I was like, right. okay, because I was definitely approaching this as making more of a, like, mortal-ish character. Mm. And she seemed too good at things. <laughs> but then he kind of steered me away from that and said, no, no, she's she's still the kid of a god. You know, she doesn't have her, like, god powers yet. Like, she's still really good at stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. I mean, because, like, uh, uh, with um, Dystopia Rising, you're definitely meant to be the tougher and hardier of the survivors. Um, with Trinity, you know, the default character is going to want talent. Um, and same thing as, like, going your kind of movie action hero level of competent. Um, so yeah, it almost kind of fits a certain range of you are a above average competent protagonist. Right, exactly. Like maybe I just learned things a lot faster or something, and that's why I have four academics right. when I'm you know a, a a younger person or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. It was just an interesting aside. I thought. I uh, no, I quite like that that idea of your character being in an arts gallery and feeling like she knows nothing about art and yet somehow being able to understand exactly what the artist was going for, right? Because of their divine parentage, right? It's uh, you know it's a, it's a unnaturally good ability and that can almost be part of the realization that you're more than those around you, right? Exactly. So, following skills, we have attributes. And again, we're not going to go granular on this, but rather you rank your uh, different arenas, your physical, mental, and social, in order of preference, just as with, uh, just as you just did with your skill pools. Uh-huh. And uh, I have to say, this is one of my favourite examples in the book, where they are demonstrating the different uses of firearms. For instance, uh, pairing firearms with a physical attribute to to shoot the gun or fire the gun. Firearms with mental to um, calculate a trajectory. Firearms with social to intimidate someone with a little red dot on their forehead. I think that's right. a really nice way of illustrating how how versatile this system can be. Right. But aside from that, your characters need to uh, to delineate which of your attributes of primary, secondary, and tertiary. So what is it for you, Dixie? Uh, so I did mental as primary, uh, social as secondary, and physical as tertiary. Okay, and uh, what, which... Uh, so characters also have an approach? Yep. 
so that's how they generally act. Do they act with force, finesse, or resilience in most cases? Right. Um, which did you go for? Finesse. Okay, uh, that's that seems right based on how you've described your character. And now, what about you, Eddie? Uh, I have uh, mental primary, um, but physical secondary and social tertiary. Uh, and my favorite approach is resilience. Okay, yeah, that, that seems to fit as well. Um, so for the people listening, uh, as with uh, other games similar, you gain more dots in your primary arena, fewer dots in your tertiary arena, but with Story Path as well, once you've chosen Force, Finesse, or Resilience, you gain additional dots for that bracket, which is... Um, distinct from your arenas so whereas a physical arena will be for instance uh, might, dexterity and stamina uh, your force uh, approach uh, for what I uh, couldn't think of the word there your force approach would be intellect might and presence um, and you gain two additional dots to put across there so it's all divided into columns and rows and then you get an additional dot later on to assign to another attribute so we are very close to the end of character creation Yay! Uh, although we've talked about this for nearly an hour well and suits <laughs> <laughs> character creation uh, and suits yeah, uh, I, one thing I enjoy about Story Path particularly is the quick way you can create characters. So we have callings and knacks. So what are these? I'm going to read from the book here because these are very specific. Well, these are specific to Scion and it helps to explain to the listeners what it means. So callings are archetypes that exist within the stories of humanity, binding the gods to fated roles. Most gods and Scions exhibit three different callings to express their manifold natures. Pre-visitation Scions, that's you, what? may only have one active at any one time. Uh, so you get to choose a calling from the list that's in the book, uh, or, as we have pre-visitation scions, they are basically coming from the Divine Patron's three favoured callings. Yes. So, Dixie, what were your character's callings? Uh, I just chose leader for the one I chose from Persephone. Um, my, my, my options were judge, leader, or liminal. Um, but leader seems to be the way that she would end up going eventually. Okay. And what about you, Eddie? Uh, my options were uh, creator, healer, and judge, and shocking probably nobody at all, I decided on healer. What? I know, right? Totally off cam. That, that doesn't go with That's... your character at all. Completely <laughs> <laughs> off weird. And then we have the heroic knack that matches the calling. So a knack is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a special power you have that enables you to act in a positively inhuman way. So what did Faye take as a knack, Dixie? Uh, I have to remember exactly what they all do, if you want me to go into detail. But Yes, please. Oh, gosh. What do they all do? I didn't write all this down. I should have. I'm the worst. Um, I know I chose Grand Entrance. Uh, which I think just means that people pay attention to you when you walk into a place, and you could like get mm -hmm. the attention of a room pretty easily. I don't remember the exact thing because I'm trying to find it in the book. Yeah, uh, it's um, you, plus one enhancement on social roles. Okay, there we go. So social roles, good at stuff. For first impressions, yeah. Um, I chose aura of greatness uh, dash leadership. 
which is I think one of the other leader ones so yeah so that one's just like once again people pay attention to you I think it has more social things people will kind of do what you say uh, a little bit better because you seem like you're in charge <laughs> and then yep. I took good listener because I've actually got a lot of dots of empathy and since part of my girl's thing is trying to help people um, I, I, I took that which means that people will open up to you a little bit more because they can tell that you're actually listening to them so I figured that would help us get information and also help her in her quest to like save people because if they'll actually tell her their problems yeah lovely okay and Eddie what did you choose um I, I just realized that uh, I, I missed a step because I, I, I only chose one because I thought you only got one and I realized that afterwards you can you can get some extra ones so I, I uh, you only can only use one. one at a time right <laughs> oh it says uh, choose a single heroic knack appropriate to the calling from the lists and then an original character can only use one knack at a time although they may purchase extras which I haven't done yet yeah I didn't um, purchase extras but I got them for whatever it says to get them from yeah. Huh. Interesting. We'll have to I'll, we'll have to sort through that later. Yeah, I'll have to see what's um, going so on with that. I have, right. So the one I have now is combat medic, um, which basically means that I can uh, every scene I can heal a bruised level from someone for free. That's new. Okay. That's that's helpful. Yeah. And exactly. I, I think you'll get more. <laughs> Maybe. Right. So. Following this, there's a few stat-based calculations we won't go into in great detail, uh, where your character defines their strength, their defense, their health, and so on. You can tweak your and actually, character. And actually, oh. to interrupt you, I, I just saw the other piece. It says, uh, you choose five extra skill dots, an extra attribute dot, and two additional knacks. That's where that came from. There we from. go. So I, I did miss yeah. it. So it is me. It's on me. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm glad my cheat sheet uh, isn't uh, fully rubbish. <laughs> Uh, so we have our. You can tweak your characters now, and this is just something we put into our books. That is, it, it's basically a way of saying, "Hey, you may have come up with a character, got to the end of character creation, and feel like that isn't the character for you. That's fine. There's still adjustments you can make that aren't necessarily in keeping with the structured method of character creation, such as swapping dots around, uh, swapping out knacks and the like." Yeah, and you can also do that after so, each session, which is awesome. So, like, if we play this for one session, and then I'm like, this skill is never going to be useful for me, you can move things around a little bit. Exactly. It, it's far more important that you play characters you're actually interested in playing, rather than feeling restricted to a template you realize doesn't fit you. So, what we have to follow is some work on connections. Uh, if if you want to go that far, have you uh, created any cr uh, contacts that your characters already have? I didn't do any connections personally because I wanted to wait until we all talked about it, because I thought that might yeah. be another way for us to be connected, like as characters, yeah. is that maybe we know the same person, you know, that sort of thing. Um, also, connections can be organizations and stuff, so we we probably could take some ranks and whatever we decide this rescue organization is called. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going to wait on that until we talked about it some more. So I, I don't have anything right now. Same same here. I, I didn't choose that either because, yeah, I wanted to see what, what our structure was going to be first. Okay, well, we will uh, define that at the very beginning of our first gameplay session, I suggest. Then Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, then. I think that is it for character creation, unless I'm missing something particularly weighty. I don't think so. No, I don't think it's all. Although I will tell you that the first thing I did when I started making my character was write my name on the rock line. Um, so I got off to a great start. 
<laughs> but at the end, you got you 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 were better at it than I was, so it all works out. Yeah. And and better than it than I was. Better <laughs> than I was because I put the pantheon at the very end for some for God's forsaken reason. I will tell you that I have read this book more than either of you. I am certain of that. Oh, no doubt. Because between the editing phase and then the proofing phase and then other proofs that we've done, like, I've, I've probably read this book more than anyone besides Neil Price, so... And for, yeah. One of the uh, wonderful things about Scion is, although, you know, I joke about the fact that I missed it, is the choosing which god your character descends from, which pantheon they're connected to. It can have such a defining... Uh, yeah. Uh, defining part of your character's arc is uh, which background they have, how they relate to other children of other gods, uh-huh. and you have your, your your Norse pantheon, your Aztec pantheon, Chinese, South Asia, all kinds, and every subsequent Scion book is going to have more, if if unless I'm mistaken. Is that the case? No, I am fairly certain, I don't want to name any names as far as which pantheons they're going to be doing, but I am almost certain that there's going to be a few other ones. Um, I know in the original Scion, they actually had like a folk hero pantheon. That was like, mm. you know, Paul Bunyan and Betsy Ross, like all these like American folk hero type characters. Since, as we know from the book American Gods, there aren't really American gods. Um, and then also, I think they had like the the Knights on the Round Table, the King Arthur myth- mythological characters as one of them. So I, I don't know what all they're planning for the upcoming stuff, and I don't want to say anything in case things change. But uh, I'm pretty sure there are going to be some more and, you know, kind of more interesting pantheons added in the future. Although the 10 we have now are really cool and very well researched, so. Absolutely. Well, with character creation done, any questions, players? Nope, I, think I don't we're think good so. To go. I, I think we know what we're about. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, okay, well, before we uh, just go off on another tangent briefly then, uh, before we wrap up, uh, one thing that's worth breaking down. Again, this, this took... Uh, merely they had some prep the players had some prep but this took deciding concepts the players goals or deeds in this case um, through to assigning paths deciding skills, attributes and a special power that's how you create a character in Scion rapid and I particularly value games where you can create a character rapidly but I believe that we have to uh, finish up now. Uh, I believe Eddie is being dragged off back to the pits of hell from whence he came. <laughs> right, exactly. You, that's exactly what I'm happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> and our game is going to be set in the beautiful city of Miami. And something big and bad is going to happen very early on in our story. What I need to ascertain from the two players at this point is what Kian and what Faye are doing late at night in the Mandarin Hotel in South Beach, Miami. Uh, what time of the year is this? Uh, it's going to be summer. So it could be summer break. Yeah, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe it's the uh, he decided to skip classes for the summer. Um, just to kind of get his head together and went down with a bunch of friends in Miami to, to do the usual early 20s things, go out there, get drunk, make some bad decisions. Um, I say I'm there for a punk show. So I'm at the hotel with some of my friends at like an after party type thing. There's a couple of my friends that I drove down, you know, 
see a show, hang out. Okay. So maybe, uh, how about this? Um, maybe we say maybe that um, turns out one of our friends, we have a friend in common inadvertently. So I got I get dragged along to the after show. Sure. So we, we can start in the same place if you want. Yeah. So we meet, we're at the same party when it starts. Yeah, I think that works. Um, you're an after party. Your mutual friend is a uh, is a lady by the name of Liza Washington. Mm-hmm. Or just Liza works. Um, and she she's introduced the both of you already. Uh, you're at the bar on the uh, third floor of the Mandarin. Um, and the Mandarin Hotel isn't uh, the isn't the Ritz. It's not top class. It's not the Four Seasons, uh, but it's on South Beach, so it's pretty damn expensive. Uh, so you've both gained money from somewhere or other. Maybe you you've just shared rooms with a whole bunch of other tourists to uh, stump up the fee, but it isn't the most high class. Now, Miami, of course, South Beach, well known for its, uh, for its cabana bars, for its um, the heat haze off the road, for its long shoreline and beautiful sea, sparkling blue, and of course, complete propensity for uh, violent crime. Now, Miami in this game, in this story, is going through a bit of a heat wave as it sometimes does at this uh, time of year. The sounds of mambo music coming from the streets are going to be blaring all night, all the way through to the dawn hours, but the cocktails never stopping so because this is a tourist place. Mm-hmm. If you come to South Beach, if you're not drinking in the hotel, you're drinking on, on in the street or you're drinking on the beach. Right. And all those outdoor bars, they're fantastic. But you've turned in this after party is in the Mandarin Hotel itself. A whole bunch of you are just taking it easy, relaxing a little after seeing a fantastic show. And that's when, that's when it happens. That's when disaster strikes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. No warning. No alert. No sirens blaring. Yeah, the wind picks up a little. And there's a brief shower of rain that's atypical for a heat wave like this, but certainly no one calls attention to it. At least not in time, not on the third floor of the Mandarin Hotel. The first you become aware of it is the sudden rattling of windows. The Mandarin overlooks the seashore and the sudden blast of glass inward. You may have witnessed or experienced something like this before. You've probably seen something like this on the news. You've all heard of tsunamis, of of typhoons, of hurricanes, especially in this part of the world. But maybe You've never been in right in the center of one. And certainly you've always thought they came with a little more warning than this. This seems you don't have enough time to really think that this seems unnatural, but it is. The hotel, the entire South Beach is blasted with a sudden gale, with a sudden storm, with a hurricane that hits your hotel. And it's not even minutes. It doesn't take a minute 
for the hotel to get rocked. These buildings aren't expensively made. They're not made to last. Beams start collapsing. Floors start to buckle. People are screaming. Lights are flickering. You can hear the screams out on the streets as well. Occasionally you see something far too heavy to be airborne whiz by the window. There's a cacophony of noise and motion. One minute, you are stood at the bar, listening to the barman, a tender by the name of Tully, Tully Grant, telling you all about his night. Mm. One minute later, people are laying all over the place. Heavy furniture is pinning some people down. A bit of wall has collapsed. All the windows are blasted open. And the wind has not stopped howling outside. Over to you. Sorry, I had to unplug my Alexa. Um, Did you think there was a hurricane coming? I think so. <laughs> I'll wait for a start giving a weather report in Atlanta. Um, so I'm probably going to first try to see if everyone around me is is okay. I mean, everyone's you know, there's a difference between being freaked out that things are, are slamming around and moving around and the other thing and people are like, you know, critically injured, need medical attention. So it's kind of the instinct of, okay, look around. Is anyone badly hurt, obviously hurt? Uh, yeah, definitely. The It's best to almost describe this as an attack. It certainly feels like it. Uh, there's already a healthy dose of paranoia about such things. Um, has left your mutual friend you, as a medical student, mm -hmm. can see the signs. Or you can tell when someone's body is bent in a shape that it shouldn't be. And a piece of ceiling, a piece of bar rebar from the ceiling had, in the blast, gone phoom, straight down, smacked her in the head. She's still intact, but um, motionless, and you don't think she's going to be finding movement again. She's far from the only casualty. Uh, the barman you were just talking to, the wall behind him has fallen on him. You can see that some people are pinned by heavy furniture. The, even the glass that blew in from the windows has clearly lacerated several people. The amount of screaming that's going on is unlike anything you've ever experienced before. In fact, the motion as all but stops. People are dazed from what's happened. Could have been a bomb blast. But no, the wind outside is still howling. Definitely a natural disaster. Okay. Um, then probably, Keen's probably going to immediately go into triage. Um, it's like, okay, it's unfortunate that you know our mutual friends are, are, are deceased, but it's like, okay, I gotta go for the people who need treatment now um so i he's gonna first thing is just try to find something around they can use for equipment like you know uh, uh bar rags they can get those clean somehow you know is there uh, uh alcohol under the bar or something anything you can find there's plenty of alcohol plenty of bar mats uh and if you particularly want to go up to the window although that may seem a little too dangerous uh you could even drag down some of the heavy drapes that were tied up Okay. Then I'll start doing that. 
I'm going to focus on the people who are pinned but seem to be moving and looted. To try yeah, and furniture off of them. One of um, one of the other attendees at this party, uh, which you you hadn't seen her at the concert, but she was at, definitely at, at the after party and had been speaking briefly to Kian, uh, another Irish woman um, by the name of Aileen. Uh, you can see that she is trapped under the partly collapsed ceiling. Um, she'd been making friendly with him uh, for the last hour or so, uh, but certainly I doubt she's in the mood for that now. She's uh, buried. Pretty much up to the um, up to her middle of her back, you can't see her legs under the rubble, but she's conscious and she's reaching out towards um, she's reaching out towards Faye as Faye's eyes connect with her, and she's saying, "Please, please, please, just pull me out." Okay, I can try to pull her out. Strength is not my strong suit, but if not, I can try to get things off of her. So yeah, give me a roll for this. Yes, please. My rolling. <laughs> you are rolling. You are the first dice roll of the game. Uh, so, what what uh, skill and what attribute do you want to pair for this? That's my issue with skills. I said all my, <laughs> I made this a very social character. I have nothing that's really helpful. Uh, leadership. Try to get her out, maybe. Try to convince her to get out. Yeah, you know, you might want to convince. You know, can you move your legs? You know, can you yeah. help with this? That kind of thing. I, I think that's doable if you pair leadership with. What What are you thinking? I uh, probably just might. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Let's try that. Yay, story pass. Yay, story pass. Oh, two, two successes. Two successes. Okay, nice. Obviously, there is a complication involved in this. Should have announced that first, given that uh, there's a great amount of rubble on her but two successes is enough to nullify that complication mm -hmm. one success the complication one success mm -hmm. exactly here's enough to start shifting her free luckily the rubble on top of her isn't heavy she's not trapped by boulders mm -hmm. uh, on the entire way of the ceiling so you're able to pull her out and you can see straight away you don't need to be a medical professional to see that her legs are badly busted up mm -hmm. um, but you know, it creates a small sense of, sense of satisfaction to know that uh, you've at least freed her from imminent danger. She she's thanking you. She's thanking you, but you can see she's in shock. Uh, her her eyes keep rolling. Uh, she's stuttering over her words. Yeah, like can when you say busted up, can she what? Can she move her legs, or are we talking like compound fractures? Um, no compound fractures. Again, it's just her her legs aren't moving. You you've dragged her free. She's shown no movement below the waist. Okay, ask her if she can move her legs. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't. I can't. I can't move. I can't move. I can't move them at all. Okay, I'm gonna call uh, Kian over. Kian. Yeah. Okay. I, I got this. Okay. He rushes over. And they kind of the moment of like, oh, you know, um, uh, I have a take it up here knack. Uh, one of my knacks is with a glance, diagnose what is wrong with an ailing target, any pertinent medical information. So I can immediately just go, you know, kind of like house MD, bing, and immediately what's wrong with you. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, yeah, you can see that her. The fact that she's not able to move her legs, your initial instinct is, oh, God, is her back broken? Yeah. But you give her more than a glance. Um, 
no, there is motion there. You think her her legs are broken, both of her legs are broken, probably um, her femurs, um, but the um, but the fact that there is a little bit of motion there means it's potentially recoverable. You can't see any blood, so there's no compound fractures, as already pointed out. Um, but the fact that she can't move her legs may just be a symptom of the fact that she's still in shock after being buried under rubble. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm be like, you know, uh, 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 you know, good news is, um, looks like it's not going to be permanent. It's going to hurt for a while, but I need you to work with me on yours. Okay, so I need you to, you know, start walk, talking her through. It's like, you know, I need you to calm down. And basically, my main goal here is to get her to relax a bit more because it's a very scary situation so that I can then start to, to help her out. As uh, as you're talking to her, essentially applying a bit of bedside manner, she's leaning in and through her dazed, disorientated state, she's saying, please, you've got to get me out of here. You've got to get me out of here. I need to get out of here. I need to get out. And then she she she's on the verge of passing out. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm probably going to actually, uh, as I'm working with her, because this could be very painful, I'm going to actually probably be a little rougher than I need to be to kind of help nudge her into the passing out. It's probably better for her if she's unconscious. If she's okay. not moving as much, she'll be feeling pain. Um, That's true. There's I, not very much you can do about internal bleeding if there is any um, from where you are right, right. now. Right. But if she's if she gets if she's trying to leave or escape, she may get up and try to walk on her legs, which made things worse. Exactly. Uh, you you make her comfortable as comfortable as she can be in this uh, this bar uh, at the same time uh, an old man a uh, latino uh, fellow um, who you had encountered earlier uh, introduced himself as hector uh, he runs up to Faye, seeing that she's up and about and helping people he says uh, pl please young please young lady my wife she didn't come back from the restroom and it's behind those it's behind that collapsed door frame and i uh, please can you help me get through to her Sure. I'll go check on that. Yeah, I told him just to sit down, calm down. I'll go see what I can do. I will start heading that way. Uh, so, yeah, as described, the, the doorway to the restroom has, um, the, the door frame has collapsed and the plaster work above it is bulging rather dangerously down. Looks like it could just fall straight through at any point. Is, is there still a is there still a door there? Uh, no, that's fallen. It's been basically splintered off its hinges when the frame just collapsed around it. You're looking at a frame that's more M-shaped than uh, rectangular. Right. Is there anything that's like smaller than the door that I can use to just kind of like put over my head to walk in there, like a turtle? Uh, chair. So I can. Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go in there with something over my head in case plaster starts falling on me. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to just start calling around and say, you know, is anybody in here? What's uh, that look he, like once you're inside? He calls out after you. Uh, after you. Uh, her, na her name is Livia. Okay. Livia, you here? Help. Help. Okay. You, you can hear the, uh, the voice of a distressed old lady in, um, in the ladies' restroom. Okay. We'll move toward the voice. Uh, the room is is pretty much intact, thankfully. Um, but 
you can see uh, an old woman. She's sat on the floor. She is she's clutching the the sink, and she's just terrified. She's shaking. Please, please, I'm so scared. Okay. Well, I'm gonna try to get you up. Your husband's waiting for you in the other room. Come on. Can you walk? Yes. Yeah. yeah I I think so. I think I can walk. She right. pulls herself up and holds onto your hand, and she's she's shaking like. Like it was going out of style. Okay, I'm gonna use what? Empathy. Use, well, I, I was gonna say I'm gonna use leadership and manipulation to just give her like a little bolster talk. Oh yeah, that makes sense because everything's gonna be fine. Everything's, everything's yeah, wonderful. Nothing's gonna go wrong. Everything's gonna be great. Your <laughs> husband's waiting for you. We're gonna get you home. You guys see your great kids? It'll be awesome. Exactly. Well, tell the truth about all of that. It'll be totally cool. Um, I'm going to hold the chair over her head as we're walking out. But here's, a complication. Uh, here's a complication uh, mm -hmm. suggested by viewer Malcolm Shepard, someone we all know. Um, uh, uh, I, I have severe claustrophobia, I have severe crush syndrome. I, I hate being in enclosed spaces like okay. this. Okay, well, let's get you out of here. Three successes. I have a like leadership and manipulation is kind of my jam. So. Yeah, yeah, three successes, so I can buy it off. No, four. Four successes. So yeah, four. I buy it off. Oh, and nice. I still have three to work with. Very nice. Okay. She she looks at you earnestly. She she bites her lip. She nods. So okay, okay. I'll I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I trust you. I, I trust you. Please just just keep me safe. <laughs> I'm gonna let her walk kind of like ahead of me. Like I said, I'm gonna hold the chair over her. So if anything does start to fall, I can try to like catch it and move it to the side. Mm. I'm probably oh, oh. stronger than this old lady. Yeah, almost definitely. There's um, there are a few um, collapsing pieces of ceiling and ceiling tile, but mm -hmm. uh, connect with the chair and the floor around you. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you you manage to help her avoid getting a head caved in. Yeah, weather's super weird, in Miami, huh? Yeah, let's let's get you home. <laughs> as as you get her out to the main bar again, she it's like her fear dissipates and she runs over to her husband and holds him in her arms. And it's a uh, it's a sweet moment in an otherwise tragic tableau. As um, again, things aren't improving outside, and due to the flickering of the lights. Clearly, when the hurricane hit the hotel, it's um, something has either collapsed on the generator or severed the main power line or something like that, because uh, the lighting in here is very unreliable and it makes the situation more tense. For anyone already experiencing fear here, you they, they aren't helped. There's a few people who have now taken to looking out of the windows despite the storm raging outside. Uh, one of them turns back deathly pale oh god oh god it's i think i think the the hotel is in the sea i think the, i think we've been hit by a tidal wave or something it's i i can't see where the where the land starts just looking down i mean it's dark out there but anyone who was out there on the beach or in the road must be must just be gone okay I'm definitely going to go to the window now. You know, it's dangerous. And yeah, I, I have to go look. <laughs> Clearly, he's obviously, nothing bad could possibly be happening here. He's probably just exaggerating. Yeah. Uh, 
you go over to the window uh, and it is still blowing a severe gale outside you're not sure you're in um, on the edge of a hurricane anymore you may in fact be in the eye of one uh, because looking down yeah the front of the hotel is being buffeted by the sea uh, and it hasn't withdrawn yet so escape through the first floor is unlikely uh how to get out of here you're not sure on where, or whether to just stay and wait for the the correct authorities to come and rescue you they're not going to be coming anytime soon in a storm like this that'd be a fun silent game right if we just sat here waiting to be rescued for the next two hours right <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait for the authorities. Well, you're not heroes. yeah you're not heroes yet should i sit here and play on my phone <laughs> um does it water look like it's okay? Um, can we get out of this this bar? Yeah. Okay, so we can leave. Um, I'm going to head to the staircase, and mainly I'm going to try to get as far down as I can until I get water to get a sense of if the water is rising in the building. As you do, as you head towards that staircase, there is a man running up it. Mm. Uh, he looks terrified. He grabs you and he says. You look strong. He looks. He looks over his shoulders. I get that a lot. Look, I, I need to get something from my room. I really need to get something from my room. I can't lose it in this storm. It's it's just a few floors up. Can you come with me? I'll pay you. I will pay you. Just we can't get distracted by anything or anyone else. But you need to come up with me to my room right now. Uh, 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 sure, sure, buddy. I mean, I'm happy to to, to help out. What, what do you What do you need? Because we need to figure out how to get out of here and everything. That 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 doesn't matter as much. I know that this probably sound this probably sounds insane, but but trust me. Look, I, I can make it worth your while. We need to get up to the fifth floor. There's only two floors up. We just need to get up to the fifth floor. And and I will make it worth your while, but we need to move first. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, uh, one sec. Let me let me let me grab someone to help us out. Um, I'm gonna head back. It's like, hey, uh, uh, Faye, right? Yep. Could you do me a favor? Um, there's a guy who wants he needs something up on the fifth floor, and uh, look around quick. I'd rather not go by myself, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I could use you know someone else to keep an eye out. There's still people trapped here. What do you? I know. Do? Uh, let's figure out what this guy wants. Get him calmed down, and then also get a chance maybe get to the roof and see if we can get a better view of what's going on. Yeah. Okay. I guess seeing what's happening is good. Um, it's like five minutes, and we, but I just now that Hector and Lemire calm down too, I'm gonna try to see if Hector can start maybe. Helping some of the folks who are pinned under smaller things. That's a good idea. Uh, he I'm seems make... nice. And actually, you had, if I remember, you had some uh, uh, extra successes. Maybe you can use those to kind of give Hector an enhancement to kind of say, hey, you know, help him calm down the room too. There you go. Yeah. I forgot I could do that in Sion. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah. Uh, that's all the joy of story power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am going to use some of my enhancement to kind of try to extend that calm to Hector and be like, be like, hey, let's do whatever the nice girl tells you. Like, mm -hmm. Try to see if you know, anybody needs anything. See what you can do. If anybody's, you know, bleeding, there's probably a first aid kit under the bar. Like, do your thing. I'm just gonna yeah. go for a minute. I'll be back. I'm not leaving. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I, 
I'm not going to make you roll or anything like that for that because I think that's a good idea. Using the extra successes, having calmed um, Hector and his wife, both of them are now prepared to to do their bit and, and help anyone else who's injured or otherwise trapped. Um, unfortunately, it does seem most of the people who have been trapped under masonry aren't going to be getting up. Um, okay. But it's the people who've been lacerated by glass mostly who, mm-hmm. um, who need the assistance, and Hector and Livia are able to to aid in that. Yeah, I can really tell them and say, "Hey, you know, just you know, take these, put pressure on these things. I'll be back in like two minutes." Yeah, yeah. No. Here's some bar napkins. Here's some whiskey. Here's band-aid kit. Have fun. <laughs> okay, so you both head out to the stairwell where you are met by. Um, by your new friend. Uh, who, who, who's this? Who's this? Just, just a friend of mine. We're you know, just going to help you get your thing so we can get done back here as fast as possible. Figure many hands make light work. Let's go. Show us where you need to go. All right. Okay. I don't have time to argue. We need to get up to the fifth floor. Um, mm. I'd appreciate if you go ahead. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go between the two of you if that's all right. I, I, I'm I'm. Uh, I don't want don't want to be taking point. I'll I'll pay you. I'll make it worth your while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, sure, sure. No problem. You kind of look over his shoulder, like to to, to Faye. Like, <laughs> no. Uh, sure. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, sure. I mean, at least he doesn't want at least he doesn't want to go behind us. So yeah, let's do right. this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for all intents and purposes, this guy looks like a, a businessman. He's uh, still wearing a suit from work. It doesn't look like he's uh, been out partying in it. Um, and he looks as disheveled and unruly as most of the other people around here, albeit with probably a day's worth of sweat. Um, certainly, he he looks very unsteady about everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So you ascend the staircase, uh, reaching the fourth floor. And it's only as you reach the fourth floor that you truly come to appreciate how badly this hotel has been hit. The Looking down the corridor, you know how hotels are built, of course, and or how they're laid out, I should say. And mm-hmm. it's not easy to see from a stairwell all the way to the other end of the building. Usually right. there's lots of winding corridors between rooms if it's not some leisure facilities floor. And this is a floor just built for hotel rooms. And yet you can see, if you look to your right, the open front of your hotel. Um, the wall above the third floor has just come clean away and presumably collapsed into the sea or blown off. It's been stripped clean off the building. The ceiling is again bulging downward in an incredibly threatening way. And you can see there's at least a dozen rooms between you and that open front wall. And those rooms may contain people and the ceilings and the ceiling is just on the verge of collapse looking left the hotel towards the rear uh, you assume is looking slightly safer but the front of the hotel has been hit hard by this disaster hmm. don't worry about that don't worry about that that's not our concern we just need to go upstairs again we need to get to the fifth floor 
what is in your room that could be so important? There could be people, like families in here. I'm I'm sure I'm sure they're absolutely fine. I'm sure that they aren't going to get caught up in this at all any more than they already are. I've got something very valuable to me. I've got something very valuable to me in my room safe. And I need to get it before anyone else does. Look at Kian. Yeah. Also, be like. Listen, I know I can see why you're not going to trust me. So he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out oh. a wad of bills. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> a big gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely oh, what I thought was about to happen. Yeah, yeah. He, he, put, he puts his hands up. Oh, I am. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I, I certainly didn't mean to threaten you. No, no. He he pulls a water bills. How much? How much to just? It, everyone on this floor will be fine. I'm sure they will be fine. Um, emergency services will be here soon. I've got. I've got this money. You name your price. Just let's go upstairs, please. Let's get to my room. Let's get to my room, get to my safe, and then you can do whatever. All right, look, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want your money. You keep giving me money. I don't, I don't want your money. I just promise me once we get this, whatever the, the effect, this thing is so important, we can come back down here and check on people. You help, you help us get people out of here. We'll get your thing, but then you got to help the two of us start getting people out of here. That's my deal. That's, what, that's my payment. Uh Fine, fine, fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll come back down here and I'll help you with, with people in their rooms. Yeah. All right. Then let's do it. Let's go. As y'all start walking up the stairs, I am going to at least like bang on the wall or on like the one door nearest me and yell real loud. Like if you're near the front of the hotel on the fourth floor, you might want to get the fuck to the back. Like, yeah. Give him at least like a warning because, you know, if someone yells in a hotel corridor, all the rooms can hear it. So, right. Yeah. Cause it echoes. Yeah. Give it a bit of a scream. There we go. There's um, you hear some shouts and screams from the rooms, not as a result of your banging on the wall necessarily, but without seeing inside the rooms, you don't know what damage has already occurred in there. Right. And in a way, it's a dreadful thing to even consider that someone might just be trapped in a room and no one's going in to help them. But you have said you'll be coming back down here, and always oh, coming back down. It's your word. I mean, this this should take us all of forty five seconds. Hopefully, hopefully, if that. his room still exists. There, there, there's there's nothing obvious or nefarious in that room. I'm sure. Just quickly go out there, <laughs> get his passport or whatever, and then be out, gone. Yeah. So you go up to the fifth floor. The fifth floor is remarkably well preserved compared to the disaster zone that is the. Uh, floor below it um, and indeed looking out to the right um, as you did before again the wall is absent so it appears that the wall was sheared off from pretty much the fourth floor up but the ceiling isn't uh, showing as much damage the floor has taken a bit of a shallow u shape where it appears the, um, the the floor is at some point just going to collapse down but the walls, there's no cracks showing, no doors hanging open. There's people bustling in and out of rooms. Some of them are carrying luggage, making their way down the stairs, trying to clearly make their way towards the exit. They're ignoring you. I mean, why would anyone head up at a time like this? 
Right. Um, but no one is uh, asking you for help. You're largely just being ignored. Okay. Uh, my, my room my room's near the front, but it, I'm sure it's going to be safe. He gets his room key out, you know, sliding card. <laughs> this way round, this way. Worst time. <laughs> He's fucking good. Uh, he makes his way to the room. He keeps looking over his shoulder, and when he sees you, he he smiles and and he puts the key in the door. Picking this face the whole time, just right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting rid of. I'm getting good. Punch this guy if I have to. I mean, I would just had a punch show. I'm probably in like you know combat boots and a ripped up t-shirt. You know how I always dress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, like I think angry. You're, probably, you're fresh off a mosh pit, so you're ready for the shit. <laughs> he he laughs nervously as he's being buffeted by rain and wind from the open wall beside him. Uh, the, the key the key's not working. The key the key's not working. Uh, I know it's a big favor to ask, but but could I could I ask for you, for you to help me um, put my shoulder to the door, yeah, find yeah. a fire axe or something like that? No, no, I'll, well, let's just bash it down. We don't have time. Yeah, you're you're bigger than me. You do it. Yep. I mean, granted, I'm not that much bigger. I only have might at two, but I do have uh, athletics of three. So yeah. That famous sport of bashing down doors with your shoulder. Right. Um. More of a hurdling guy, but sure, it would be the sword. That's how you tackle people. Shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, two successes, actually. Okay, and he is assisting. Uh, I'm going to make a roll for him, and I'm going to use my Vampire the Requiem dice. Ooh. Yeah. That's I've been using horror. my Vampire the Masquerade dice. I've been using my Trinity dice. Ooh. Look at all of us with our geeky dice. Could this be an on brand? Yeah. It would be product placement if we sold these. Yeah, right. The products no longer exist. We're so good at this. Uh, yeah, avoiding complications, um, both of you. Oh, and that die is lost forever. <laughs> uh, avoiding complications, you are able to um, crack the door from its security hinge and um, it swings open. The entire front wall of his room is gone. Mm. And there's no bed. Presumably that's been scooped up and swept away. Why did we break down the door? We could have just like walked around the... Just around the wall. You're only on the fifth floor. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. it won't be blown off into the sea. It'd be fine. It would have been fine. <laughs> um... Luckily, that uh, lovely uniform set that exists in every single hotel room where as you were walking through the door on the left, uh, your clothes hangers, your safe, your mini bar and fridge and desk. And on the right would be the bathroom and the bed. Uh, Well, the bathroom and the bed have taken a rather nasty knock, uh, but the (laughs) the clothes hangers, mini bar and fridge are still intact. And he and he looks out the window and he says thank you or out the window out the gaping chasm into the hurricane and says thank you and then he starts pressing buttons on the safe okay 
wait for him to open it because I got to see what this is now. <laughs> he opens the safe with a click. Um, there's even more bundles of cash in there, and he leaves them to pick up a yellow envelope and stuffs it in his coat pocket, in his jacket pocket. Right, let's um, let, let's sort out your your the people on the floor below. At which point, you hear a loud creak. You feel it as well as mm. the floor starts to give way beneath you. Running, 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 running. <laughs> uh, could you both do athletics and I think dexterity? Sure. You think I have dexterity? Uh, yikes. <laughs> yikes on bikes. <laughs> have a success. They're all a two, a three, a three, and a five. So, Eddie got a well, success. This is a fun game. I think thank you running, Matthew. Really appreciate yeah, running Dixie the game. <laughs> and the hotel collapses on you. Your adventure ends here. Dangerous. Up into the sea. Play Scion. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this gave you a good impression of what the game is. <laughs> Uh, well I'm gonna despite his, this guy's nature uh, I'm gonna roll for him as well uh, uh, just to tell you what he got he got a 4, a 6, a 6 and a 4 So as the floor buckles and you try to outrun the disaster around you, um, both uh, Faye and your new friend who has so far gone nameless start well collapsing through the floor. The floor gives way and they start slipping down into the floor below. Um, Kian, you narrowly make the precipice as the floor collapses below you. Uh, you only got one success, however. So on your complicated fail, uh, you are basically clinging on by your fingertips in the seconds that it takes for your companions to fall through the floor below. Um, are you going to fall with them or try and climb up? Um, no, I'm going to go for a, a controlled fall. Okay. Uh, let's go for a dexterity and athletics again then I think alright do better <laughs> there we go three successes you tell those dice somehow you manage to control your fall and land on a bed below you it's a small miracle or maybe the gods are smiling in your favour uh, one cannot say the same for your two companions who land and end up bruised on the ground below. It could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot, lot worse. And you're not sure how long this fourth floor is going to remain intact, given that it's just had a fifth floor fall into it. Hey, we're in the right place. I start knocking on doors, though. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of optimism I like to see. Uh, so, it's a quick, quick uh, note uh, since we're you know all learning the rules, also showing all the rules. Um, every time you take an injury condition, you have to specify what that condition is. Mm -hmm. So, you mentioned they're bruised. Um, I'm guessing, is it are we talking like uh, scrapes and bruises? Are we talking like you know, twisted ankle? Uh, I'm going to say that your new companion has a twisted ankle and mm -hmm. Faye has scrapes and bruises because I wear combat boots, so it's hard to twist my ankles. Exactly. Art, see. It's a real yeah, life was, life hack. 
<laughs> Life hack. If ever you're falling through a building in a hotel, wear yeah, combat make, boots. Yeah, make sure you're dressed as for a rave. <laughs> I didn't say platform boots, I said combat boots. I've got like steel toe Doc Martens on. What? Yeah, actually, if you're wearing platform boots when you fell through a ceiling, you probably would twist an ankle. Yeah, that's probably worse than me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. uh, you see Faye and your uh, new friend laying there groaning complaining I'm gonna check them. yeah i'm gonna check them oh you know screw some braces okay stand up Faye. you're, you're fine. fine um God our friend it. up and he stands up he's like you're not gonna walk so just can you make your way down to the bar again yeah 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 i i can i can do that I cool because you're useless to me so go um the door to the room that you've fallen into is still there but then it opens, and mm -hmm. there's a woman stood there, and she's she looks at the three of you as if you have just intruded into her hotel room. I mean, we have, but also what? <laughs> and then she says, Oscar, and points at him with a finger, and she puts her hand in her purse, and she pulls a gun out. I knew there was a gun. <laughs> All right, so hands up. Whoa, what, whoa. What, what's happening? Don't, don't, don't shoot Oscar. He's a jerk, but probably doesn't need to die. We don't actually know that. Okay, I'm. We have other things going on besides whatever this this is. She takes a sniff of the air, looks That's at great. the both of you. Hmm. Olives and freshly cut grass. How delightful. I have, uh, well, obviously, if you had a concussion, uh, I, could, I can help you. Oh, shut, shut up. Shut Oscar, up. you know what I want. I know why you are upstairs to get it. Hand it over, and I won't kill you. Oscar, propping himself up on the bedstead, given that he has only got one working ankle, looks over to the two of you. I'll I'll pay you I'll pay you so much if you rush her. No. She points the gun at you. Try. Just try. Yeah, I'm not rushing someone with a gun. I don't even know her. I don't know what's going on. He's stolen something from my dad, and I'm coming to take it back. So you two stay where you are, Oscar, hand it over, and I won't kill you. Okay, so um, to get a sense, uh, are we all like kind of in a very easy arc with the gun, or does she have to like move a little bit between us? Uh, so you are sat on the bed still. Right. Um, he is leaning on the bedstead, and I would assume Faye is, I guess, at the foot of the bed. So as she stood in a hotel doorway, and it, yeah, the hotel room isn't that big. Right. She's not going to have to do a 90 So she'll have plenty of time to move a gun around. Yeah. If I jump from the bed all the way to throw away. But think of it like this. Another life hack. Can't shoot all three of you. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they frown on that in medical school. I'm yeah. like, just saying. I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's in the Maybe she can. Thou shalt do no harm. Thou shalt not sacrifice our friends to bullets. I think it's in there somewhere. He's not our, he's not our friend. No, you are, ostensibly. Okay. More of a friend than this guy is. Okay. Can I leave, lady? There's still people trapped in here. I want right. to go help we, them. You guys sort this out now. Um, we gotta yeah. go. 
I can't let you get behind me. For all I know, you're in his employ. Oscar, give me that fucking necklace now. Over, over jewelry? Really? There are people dying. We do not give a shit about your necklace. Kian, Kian. I think it's another fucking god thing. What? 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 You. Seriously, World of Scion. We all know gods exist. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Social media. My bad. My bad. I think we've stumbled onto a fucking one of those things. One of those. Oh, God. Those people. I, I, I do not have time for this god shit. Now, you know, if I was, if, if this was any other time, I'd be happy to have the discussion about how you're not so removed from this yourselves. But I don't. There's a hotel collapsing. Yes. Oscar is putting his hand in his pocket. Please, he says to her, no. No, I'm asking, please give me the necklace. And he puts his hand in, he gets the yellow envelope. Throw it to the floor, but to my feet. I'm not going to catch it. He does so with a bit of a sob. She leans down, keeping the gun on him, picks the envelope up, puts it in her purse. I'm going to leave now, and you're not going to leave this room for another 20 seconds. Sure. Great. Okay. Go. She backs out. And she disappears from the doorway. Turn to Oscar. What the fuck is going on? Can we can we walk and talk about this? You have to wait twenty seconds. I don't want to get shot. Uh, I am so dead. I am so dead now. Who are you? What is this about? Why is there a necklace involved? I, I'm I'm just I'm just a thief. I'm just you a thief, that. really. Uh, but. I think I stole from the wrong person. Uh, yes. Uh, and I think it's going to be very bad for all of us that they've got it back. Who's they? Oh, is, it, is this above or below collapsing hotel into the sea? I just didn't know for priority's sake. Uh, this hotel is nothing, but I'm pretty certain that this hotel was targeted because of it. Oh, my God. Um, so you're saying this hurricane thing is a bad thing, too. That would make sense. Uh, I came up real fast. Look, I don't always, I don't always know who I'm, who I'm working for or what I'm doing. Okay, so stop judging me. All I know is that I've got lots of money, and it comes to me from, I guess, pennies from heaven. And I'm prepared. I was prepared to give them to, give it to you for you to work for me, make a deal, make a pact. But no, wasn't good enough for you because apparently not everyone will do what you want all the time. But anyway, anyway, the most important thing, my friends, my new friends, my friends, you are my friends, it's aren't you? Not your friend, buddy. <laughs> is she doesn't have it yet. I gave her the, an empty envelope. She's going to fucking shoot us. My no, no, we just friends need to are get dead upstairs. There's just, people trapped in here. We just now I'm going to get shot by a crazy woman. It's been 20 seconds. I'm going to go late. back. And see if I'm going to go see if there's people that need help. And you can do whatever the hell you do. Find oh, no, a new please, career. Please don't, please don't leave me. What if I, I can't move. I, I'll get crushed to death in here. You've got to help me. You've got to. You got a twisted ankle. You're not dying. Limp. It really hurts. 
I have a woman downstairs with two broken femurs, and she is showing more guts than you, you piece of crap. Get up, get the hell out of the room, give them the necklace, and go the fuck home. And I'm going to use composure and leadership. Because I'm had it with this. Motherfucking thieves in my motherfucking plane. <laughs> we, were, we were recently talking about um, how possible it would be to monetize this channel. Hello, viewers. And, <laughs> and one of the um, one of the restrictions is swearing. Um, well, if you had told me to run a clean campaign, I wouldn't have started swearing. <laughs> one success. One success. Fine, fine, fine. I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. It's fine. Good. I'm not giving. I'm not giving her the necklace. But I'm, I'm getting out of here, and I'll get out of here without you. I'm getting out of here without you, and you're not getting a cent from me. You did nothing for me. Nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, sure. I'm doing it, buddy. Just, just go. Fine. Go, go, go. <laughs> Leave me. Okay. I'm gonna start knocking on these doors. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna start knocking on doors. You, yeah, you leave him as uh, <laughs> as he is, and uh, as you're you're knocking on doors, the the good news is it seems the majority of people who are on this floor have already exited this room if they could. Uh, a few doors down, you find a door that's not opening. When you knock on it, but you can hear a. Um, as you knock on it, you hear, hey, help, help. Is someone there? Okay, going to shoulder this one down too. Yep. Can we help you as best I can? Yes, please. Unless okay. you want to go back and get limpy. Me and my two might. Hey, you know what? <laughs> You're real sus like anybody else. I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it real hard. One success. I have one kicked success. It. We kicked it. Oh, I like that. The both of you kicking the door simultaneously. It's like a tra it's like a split frame from a trailer. Bigger <laughs> <laughs> guns. And what you see on the other side of the door, we will get to after our break. Uh, our players need regular breaks, and um, we're going to have our first one now. Okay, cool. So, if you need to get a drink, need to get a top up, need anything else, now's the time to do it. I'll be right back. And actually, now is also a good time for us to interact with people on the chat log and see what they think of the game. I'll be back. Okay. So I will interact with the people on the chat. <laughs> I told uh, you I was going to go if we took a break. I know, I know. I was joking. Okay. I'll be right back. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. What have we got here, people watching? Well, first of all, thank you very much for watching. I usually say that at the end of my videos, but thank you very much uh, for watching along with this. Um, we're, we're playing Scion for a few reasons. Um, one is because we created characters for it, I guess, about four or five months ago now. Um, Two, it's this is we're very close to Scion Second Edition being available on general release on Drive Through RPG and elsewhere. Uh, and three, 
as mentioned at the beginning of this video, Dixie Eddie and I have never actually played in a game, all of us together. So this is quite a lot of fun. Given that we've been hosting the Onyx Pathcast together for a year now, we've been working together for longer as the in-house developers at Onyx Path. It's it's nice to finally play a game together. Uh, and uh, that's all right, Meredith. Thank you for watching us. Um, so yeah, now is the time, viewers, while the players are away to if you if there's something you want to suggest an encounter for them to meet in the hotel before their inevitable escape or death now's the time to suggest it before they know you're doing it so let's see whether any of you can come up with something particularly dire oh crk1142 what happened to the tokyo noir campaign two of my uh two of my players moved away but we are hoping to reprise it again very soon uh we're all going to be getting together for a gaming day and we will do some more Scion Tokyo Noir because that was going really well, but two people have to move away for work very, very short notice, unfortunately. But yeah, that's another Scion game. I did some recaps of that on this channel. So if you're interested in uh, a bit of noir, a bit of horror uh, set in Tokyo with Scion Origin, then look up those recaps. There will be more of them coming in the future. Stray Reaper says maybe there should be a Kraken in the next part of this uh, this game maybe barnacles says CIK1142 um, this isn't they came from beneath the sea Sebastian Morden would like to see some hotel staff who are trying their best to keep things under control but end up getting into their way without meaning to it's not particularly horrific but might be fun damn it Eddie's back so he that's been ruined for him but no I, I quite like the idea uh, something I said to the players beforehand is this game's going to be a bit like the Poseidon adventure, aside from the fact the hotel won't end up upside down. So I think having the occasional um, steward or bellhop getting in the way is uh, is a good idea. <laughs> Malcolm Shepard says, yes, a boy or buoy, as Americans like to say, buoy. that says Kraken Preserve up against the hotel would be great Ooh. as a foreshadow. <laughs> Yes, remember this is a Scion Origin level game. <laughs> and now we will fa have them face the Kraken. Right. It's like, and we're dead. <laughs> Again, thank you for playing Scion Origin. I, d I like how Keegan Sullivan said that when um, when the lady walked in with the gun, you should have drop kicked her hot fuzz style. <laughs> I was, actually, I was actually half debating it when I first asked it. And I was just like, I could, but also then I'll get shot. And that's not good. Picked up the steel chair. <laughs> oh my God, he's got a steel chair. <laughs> Why is it in a hardcore match people don't come to the ring with knives or guns? It's <laughs> no hold barred. We had he's to... We joked about that actually during the Attitude Era when the hard crunch really getting. It's like you know when the hardcore belt was a big thing. It's like you know, and he shot him and pinned it, pinned the corpse. <laughs> it's just... But it's all right. He's the Undertaker. He can come back from that. Right. There you go. Um, Josh Heath has mentioned something very, uh, very much pertinent. I bet you're fate bound to Oscar now. Oh God, no, please. But you're probably right. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> He, he's now fated to be the, the the slimy thief that is behind, you know, all all of the problems we run into. Yeah. 
And one time, yes, you know, occasionally you will have cause to hire him. He is now Joe Pesci in the Lethal Weapon series. Right. For better uh, or worse. And yes, Cayman, I, I do talk fast. Um, um, for those of you who don't know, I do have hearing loss, which means sometimes uh, I end up going faster because I don't quite hear myself speaking. So, And I talk slowly, so we balance each other out. Right. I talk fairly quickly, too. I think that made, a, like I said, I think that made the five-minute pitch episode of the podcast we did very unfair. Yes. Because Eddie and I had to say twice as many words. <laughs> right. I, 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 I particularly enjoyed that episode. It was good fun. <laughs> I could do lots of long lead-ins of Ooh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> bastard. All right, we are back for part two okay. of of Scion Origin, and uh, and I think Malcolm Shepard viewing has completely gone. They came from beneath the sea with his uh, view of how the ocean should be interacting with this game, with this hotel. <laughs> Uh, so we'll be wait. We'll be waiting to see the prefecture of the pod turning up next. It could happen. So where last we left our characters, not heroes yet. Not a band yet. Scions. Mm, our scions, indeed. You had just mutually kicked in a door, mm-hmm. and it looked awesome. It did. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And what you found on the other side of it will shock you. Uh, that's the BuzzFeed title of this edit episode. Number seven will... in this hotel room will shock you. <laughs> you never believe what happened number seven. I'm gonna have to, yeah, you're going to have to think of ten things you find in this hotel room. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Apparently sit... it's the ocean, necklaces, money, <laughs> twisted <laughs> ankles. <laughs> As we ascertained in a recent episode, role-playing games don't have to be fun. Ever since you mentioned the necklace, all I can think of is the damn necklace from Titanic. <laughs> Great. Now, now, well that. now that you mention it, I think the necklace I had in mind needs a redesign. So have a big sapphire diamondy thing in the middle of it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> going back to where you were, you kicked the door open and in front of you, uh, you were able to see a young man um, pinned beneath his wardrobe and he's reaching out with one arm but you can see the pool of blood underneath him is fast spreading he must have something punctured and he's just please please uh, please I, w- I was drugged I was here and I- I've only just got up and and then this happened. Everything's fine. Um, uh, 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 Faye, can you kind of talk him down while I get this off of him? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. My friend here, medical school. You know what he's doing? So I, t- I, took something, uh, I took something earlier tonight. He's, um, he's looking at Faye, I guess, as if she's his nurse uh, while the doctor goes to work. And um, he's saying, uh, I took something earlier tonight. I was at a concert and... I completely slept through all of this happening until things started falling down around me and I got out of bed and then the wardrobe fell on me. And I think, I think um, it's in my stomach. What did you take? It was, it was just some 
some downer, uh, you know, to um, make everything slow down a bit uh, after because I took something, I snorted something earlier in the night and I took a pill later in the night. Were you drinking? Yeah. He's, a, he's essentially on blood thinners. Yeah. yeah. Shit. <clears throat> All right. Let's get off him. Do it again. Uh, I guess athletics and might again. Uh, if yeah, if your main purpose right now is to take get the wardrobe off of him, uh, okay. yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Jerome's right. This guy's gonna die, but let's do it again. I'll help you lift it. Ooh, help. What? Two tens. Well, I got two tens. I two got two, two successes. That's four. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so I think um, the way it will work is, um, I guess, Faye starts the lift and Kian very much writes the wardrobe with his two tens. Yeah. And as you do so, despite this man's intoxicated state, he still lets out a shout rather than a scream as um, you pull the wardrobe off. Um, a piece of the wood clearly splintered and sheared off a shelf and has just had impaled him. Uh, you feel the drag of it as you lift the wardrobe up because it's caught in him. Uh, you... Oh, God. What have we done? But it's not anymore um, as you've stood the wardrobe up. And despite all the various things you've been told, um, there's still mixed uh, mixed feelings on whether someone impaled should be left with the item impaling him. Frankly, right. in a disaster area like this, it's probably more important to get the person out of the mm -hmm. disaster area. Um, but but now that the uh, wood is extracted from his stomach, he is yeah bleeding copiously. All right, I'm going to start grabbing uh, blankets off the bed and just mm -hmm. try to stop bleeding as much as possible. And like, you know, asking uh, uh, Faye, like, here, put pressure down here, put pressure down here. Mm -hmm. Doing it. So hey. medicine mm -hmm. and resolve. Yeah, I think resolve actually makes a lot of sense because if anything, yeah, this is emergency triage, isn't it? It's, right. Yeah. It's. It's. I have to. I have to carefully think about what's the best way to get this guy through the situation, ignoring all the other stuff around me. So resolve seems like it's a good strong one. Well, good because I have ten dice in this, so. Jesus Christ. It's my thing. Yeah, you may Are actually you, you may actually, kidding me. I was about to say you may actually save his life. Um, or, or you may just kill him. <laughs> Reroll ten. Oh. Reroll that ten. Reroll that ten. <laughs> okay, it's so my success became five. <laughs> okay, it's as if fate smiled on you at the last possible moment in a very real and uh, tangible way as you you do something very crude with your first aid mm. and you um you stuff the wound you use the blankets you use the sheets you know that it risks infection but right now it's the risk of infection or the risk of someone bleeding to death in a matter mm. of minutes right. and yeah, you have basically bunged up the wound with with 
a small amount of bedding and wrapped it around him so tightly that you think it's going to at least staunch the wound for a while, but you are sure that it's Pierce's organs. Here, Kian, uh, I'm going to take off my belt and give it to him. Oh, cool, yeah. And great. let him, like, belt it up so it can stay on. Maybe it's going to stay out of here. Yeah, cheers. Oh, pull that tight, yeah, that'll help. <clears throat> I helped. <laughs> he looks up at, um, at Faye. Still conscious, and he grips her lightly. You think he's about to pass out. He says, "My my girlfriend's name is Rosa Redwood. She isn't at this hotel. She's uh, she lives in Miami. Please find her if I don't come through this. I'm so sorry I took those drugs." And he passes out. Does he have, like, a wallet on the bedside table or something so I can find out yeah. his name? Yeah. yeah, he does. Okay. What is his name? What is his name? I'm going to look at his, look at his ID. Uh, Jeffrey Naylor. He's my old ID for purposes of looking at. <laughs> that happens to be sitting on my thing. Nice prop. Good timing. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Naylor. Is there anything else in the room? Are there nine other things that will shock me? <laughs> like like a gun or a necklace or money. Uh, well, if you want nine other things, uh, let's see. Uh, there's there's a small pot of pills. Uh, there is um, so that you have his wallet. So that's one thing. The wallet was shocking um, uh, because let's say no, fuck it. There's just a wallet. There's some pills. There's a small bag with some clothes in. That's all you mm -hmm. get. Okay. Um, can't, can't glance at the pills and get a sense of, of what they are. Um, these look like prescription pills, um, like something like beta blockers. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so he's unconscious. Do you want to try to carry him out of here? It seems like a pretty dangerous area. Yeah, we don't want him flying out to the front of the hotel. We should probably get him back to the bar and see if anything else has happened there, anybody's gathered there, because... All those people that were going on the stairs earlier, I really doubt they got out the front door based on the uh, level of the ocean. Oh, uh, I'm going to check the closet, see if there's an ironing board we can strap into. Oh, look at you. Yeah, that's initiative. Yes, of course, there's an ironing board. It's a hotel room. Let's strap him down to that, and then we'll carry the him on the ironing board downstairs. <clears throat> okay. As you exit the room with uh, your your new companion, Jeffrey, uh, strapped to an ironing board. Already um, miles better than the last guy. Well, unfortunately, you bump into Oscar, who's still hobbling down the corridor. Oscar. Oh, you're, st you're still here. You're still here. Thank, thank the gods. You're still here. I think I, I think I've worked out a way for us to get out. And... Is he going to help stop Skype bleeding? Because otherwise, give me a minute. Uh, I, there's not much I can do about him. I think he's. I, I could. I've got a cool, pretty good. Hold the board and help me walk it downstairs to the bar. It's really a two-person job, and there's already two of you. Uh, I can. I'll follow you down. Um, of course. Okay, do that. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So talk and walk. Let's go. Aaron's working it, people. Yeah. Let's go. So, so yeah, I had this fantastic idea while, when you left me alone, and I was thinking, should I just, uh, should I just throw the necklace into the sea, and and hope for the best? 
I thought, no, that's stupid. You know, where's it going to end up? Some looter will pick it up or something like that. And obviously, yeah. yeah. So exactly. And so I thought, what's the best way of getting out of a hotel that's being bombarded with an unnatural storm whilst carrying an artifact that clearly something powerful doesn't want me to have, or at least they don't want it to be in this hotel. Mm-hmm. And what I thought is we've got to go up. We've got to go up to the roof. And maybe with something like these ironing boards, maybe we strapped a few of them together, we could get to another building. So to summarize, you want us to strap together ironing boards to go to the top of the roof in the middle of the storm that has sheared off, I like to remind you, an entire wall of this building. building. Look, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying it's a great plan, but you look like you can jump. It's why desperation is the, and the loose guise of a plan. Why is the next building better? Like, it's a storm. The further away we get from the water. Uh, so you want to use the water to get to a place that does not have water. Oh, so you want to go across the street on ironing boards. Exactly. Or we could try jumping, but I think it would be a bit too far. There's no gantries between these buildings. I, I'm, I'm, I checked. I went for something that was isolated, and unfortunately, that that was my downfall. I Oscar, can see Oscar, that now. Oscar, Oscar, do you know how many floors this building has? Uh, seven or eight. I think eight. Seven or eight. Okay. So if you jumped off an eight-story building into water, it is basically the equivalent of jumping off this building into the street. Yeah, except I think the water hates me a bit more than the street. Oh, no, trust me. Right now in this room, the water does not hate you more. <laughs> there are at least two other things in this room right now that hate you way more. Have you ever heard of Poseidon? Yeah, everyone's heard of Poseidon. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, some people like to stay switched off to these kinds of things. I'm glad you're clued in and your friend on the ironing board doesn't look very well. Now... Uh, as you're walking down the stairs and he's just wittering away, you're passing by people. Um, some people are going up the stairs, some people are going down the stairs. Uh, you can see some staff from the hotel who are attempting to be helpful and trying to rally the troops, trying to organize an escape. And what you do here quite clearly is you cannot escape via the first floor. Do not go down to the first floor. And um, some people are listening, other people are not. Okay. Uh, a bellhop actually stops you as you're about to get back onto the third floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you really shouldn't go down there anymore, uh, sir, madam. It's that people are heading up to the roof, and Oscar says, "See the roof. The roof is the place to go." Um, are the people that were in the bar are they able to were you able to get them out too? There was a woman there that with broken legs. We've had to leave the. We've had to leave everyone who's too badly injured to move. We can't just carry everyone up upstairs because the, the, the floors are collapsing. Right now, we think the safest place to be is going to be as high up as we can because if, we, if we're at the bottom and the building falls on us, we're dead. So that's what the bellhop says. I'm not an architect, so what do I know? But okay. that's, that's, what the, that's what the manager said, and I've not seen the manager since she, since, gonna, since she said I'm going to tap into another rule of Scion here. Um, I would like to make a, uh, a leadership role to see if I can figure out if that's actually a smart move. 
um, but I want to use my EMT uh, uh, specialization in medicine um, because I can't use it for a medicine skill, but I use it for a different skill. And say, since it's emergency medical treatment technician, I probably would have learned some medical or emergency procedures. So I can kind of use a leadership role with my EMT training to see if it actually is smarter to move up to the first, the higher floors or not. It's a bit of a reach, but I'm always happy for a bit of a reach. So go for it. Also, more excuse to try to use more of the rules. Um, I would like to point out at this point that the viewers are suggesting surfing away on the ironing board. Well, they can go with Oscar because I'm not going to do that. Someone else also had the best line that I really wish I had gotten to use at Oscar. He goes, or we can use the feathers in the, in, in the pillows and some candles to make us some wings. <laughs> that worked well for the other guy. Yeah. Um, so I have three successes plus one enhancement gives me four successes. All right. Um, it's certainly an option. <laughs> now. <laughs> Is it better or worse than... Okay, so here is your, I guess, analyzed approach. Um, if you are in the middle of a hurricane and the hurricane hasn't moved on and it's very difficult to tell from within a building, uh, going up to the roof is probably not a brilliant idea. Right. Uh, you are very small and a hurricane is very big and right. you will not be lashed down to anything and you will probably die. Yeah, generally hurricane preparedness plans aren't go stand outside and really high up. Yeah, figured that. But, but like, if they go into as low as possible, but if low is not available, that's right. The yeah. Likewise, if you went all the way down to the the first floor, being the ground floor, uh, mm -hmm. the what little you know of tsunamis or um, or big floods like this is is not really the water that you have to worry about so much as everything that the water will be carrying with it. Uh, you would stand a very real risk of being crushed to death by everything that's being blasted into the first floor of the right. hotel. So the priority has got to be to get out of the hotel and get to somewhere open. But doing that in the middle of a hurricane is the tricky bit. You right. are... I'm breaking this down for you because your other options are you can try and escape the hotel um, mm -hmm. on, a, on a lower floor, try and find an intact fire escape or just a, a door that leads out and down, down a staircase or even just jump from a window from the second floor, but you're likely to hit water. Yep. Um, again, the benefit of hitting water outside a building is you're not going to get trapped as easily. Mm -hmm. Um Otherwise, your options are fairly restricted. You could hunker down, save as many lives as you can, try and make as secure a bunker as you can, and wait out the storm as well. Uh, so um, Keynes is going to lay this all out uh, uh, mm -hmm. to, to the staff and to to, to anybody else listening. It's like I, I genuinely am not sure what they do. We don't get a ton of tsunamis in in, in Maynooth, so. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So we still got our friend here. We still got some folks in the bar that we don't know if Hector and Livia helped anybody yet or not. So we should go at least check on them. Yeah. I'm trying to get everybody to a central location. Uh, so I got Oscar here. Just talking. Just talking at us. Just mm -hmm. Our best friend, Oscar. Oh, speaking of Matthew, mm. I want to point out that one of my necks uh, as a scion is that I have a neck called Good Listener. 
where if I'm trying to get information from somebody or I'm talking to an NPC that might have a clue about something that we're doing, they will Ooh. inadvertently drop it. Ooh. So, yeah. Very nice. Okay. So, essentially, um, so you basically be able to find out, get cut through to the point of what he's getting at. Yeah, or or he just feels too comfortable talking to me, essentially. Yeah, so okay. kind of like that. In that case, I'd like to do that now. Uh, he he leans in to you while Kian is explaining, not just to the two of you, but I assume there's a small group forming up right. around. Right, I'm not telling everybody. It's like yeah, yeah. we're like holding people. an ironing board, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's a dying guy on it, as you do. Uh, it's a common sight in Miami hotels. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. Oscar. We apologize in advance to everyone of our fans that lives in Miami. <laughs> I'm sorry, Florida man. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar leans in and says, you look a lot more practical than your friend. And I'm going to cut to the chase because I trust you. Okay? Okay. So this piece of jewelry I've got, it's it's supposed to belong, so I'm told, to one of these one of these gods, this Poseidon person. Yeah. And I think that for as long as it's here, this storm isn't gonna let up. I guess unless another god intervenes. And I don't know how they work. Not really. So this is your fault, is what you're saying. Well, I didn't know this would happen. We Who know. did you steal it from? Was was it that that woman? I, I so I I actually stole it from someone else. I stole it from a a group of well, they they consider themselves, I guess, those these hero types, these heroic types, these people that go around gallivanting about these celebrities. As apparently, it was it was worth a lot. I was supposed to be giving it to someone else. I'm just a fence. I'm just a thief and a fence. I do two things. I'm supposed <laughs> to do, I was supposed to pass it on to the person who was going to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And then she turns up. And um, that lady, Angel Deutscher, I think she's called. Um, she's like a She's one of these scions. She's, a, she's supposed to be the daughter of Poseidon, uh, mm -hmm. so I'm told. And she recovers things for her father. And um, to be honest, I think we're lucky we weren't killed by her because she's got a bit of a temper like her dad. But what you're telling me right now is that if you had just given her the necklace, this would all have probably stopped. Yeah, but you don't understand. If I gave her the necklace, then people would have come after me. So you chose you over the hundreds of people in this hotel and direct area. I, I don't see a reason why we can't all be safe. I You just need to get me out of the hotel with the necklace. Want to just follow you? Well, I, I'm, I'm prepared to take my chances. If I go further inland, what's Poseidon going to do? Isn't he a sea god or something? What's he going to do? Send seahorses after me? Sorry, I'm probably sounding a bit arrogant there, but... He did I've this. Got, I've got 
powerful friends and mm. they're not here right now but i can hook up with them and everything will be right as rain i just need to get out of this hotel your powerful friends also scion hero whatever types is that what you're telling me no 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 they, they don't like them they're like anti-scions they um yeah they 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 like to screw with them, mess them up, things like that. I don't know. I don't get involved in that things. I'm just a kind of regular guy. Uh, I just steal things, sell them, that sort of thing. And this is just a deal that went a bit badly wrong. But there's no reason we can't all profit. This jacket is full of money, and all that money can belong to you. I don't. I really don't need your money, just so you know. But uh, do if you had it. I I don't care. I. Whatever. Kian. Well, well, yeah, what, sir? What are you thinking here? This uh, apparently this guy's fault. Cool, throw him out. Apparently Poseidon's after us. Or after whoa, him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Poseidon? Like, it's, not, uh, it's not my fault. Oh, I'm not Poseidon. No, not you. Obviously you're not. I'm talking about... Okay, so he, so catch me up. We, he wants... Poseidon wants a necklace. Yes. Right? Which Oscar has. Yes. So we Apparently that, that woman was one of Poseidon's kids. Yeah, that tracks. Mm. Um, so have we already talked about throwing a necklace out uh, outside? I mean, that makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Uh, it sounds indirect to me. I mean, we might as well have just given it to her. Which I believe we suggested several times. Yeah, that's actually what we thought you did. Remember? She's remember when we thought you did that? She's probably still in this hotel, so keep your voices down. Cool, we can give it to her down again. She's got a gun. She's she's a violent woman. I'm not violent. Uh, no, but you certainly inspired others. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you don't want to come up to the roof with me, second option, there's a fire escape on the next floor down. We can get to it. We can get out. You can be my bodyguards. We can... We can make our way across Miami. We can all be rich. Okay. Let, let me put it this way. You've already pissed off the king of the sea by <laughs> helping me so far. So he, he's not known for being forgiving. I, I like how you so seamlessly shift between obsequious and blackmail, just without even skipping yeah. a beat. But all that said, it does seem like the only way we're going to get these people to a hospital is to get this storm out of here. And when we get the storm out of here is to get this necklace out of here. And when we get this necklace out of here is to get you out of here. We always so, just take the necklace from him. Uh, somebody might bite somebody and then just make an infection. I don't want to deal with that. Um, let's just... Uh, okay, let's, go, let's just go to the roof, see if we can see what's going on outside. Um, that not actually go onto the roof, but like go up there and see if we can sense of just what the weather is like and see how dangerous that is. If that does not work, then we'll go back down to the fire escape. And then we'll see what happens. You want us to walk up five flights of floors carrying this guy on, a, on an ironing board? No, no, uh, no. Honestly. It's around <sighs> this point that you see Hector and his wife again. Um, and when they see the both of you, they look immensely gratified to see that you're still alive. Uh, and uh, Olivia gives Faye a big hug. Aww. Uh, 
oh, my saviour, my saviour. Uh, is this someone else you need us to look after? In yeah, are, are, are there people being looked after in the bar right now? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. There's no one else who's injured in the bar now. Well, we, we've treated them as much as we can. We're not doctors, but no. we've stopped. We've wrapped bar mats around people's injuries and that kind of thing. Yeah. Is anybody uh, else trapped or pinned that you couldn't get out? Or is, is everybody that's moving and conscious at least okay? Yeah, no, no one conscious. Uh, okay. Well, let's drop our, our new friend off in the bar. Mm -hmm. And I guess we just keep this as a kind of a, a, a triage center for the time being, see if we can get this situation resolved. If so, bring everybody back here in one place. Mm -hmm. If not, then we have to just go from there. But at least we have all of our wounded in one place that we know of. The You hear cracking outside, and it's not the crack of thunder. Uh, as although you do lightning now, uh, maybe Poseidon is getting increasingly angry. It's the cracking of the building. The building itself is is falling apart. Oh, great! All right, all right, all right. Um, I'm not. If we're going up, if we're going up to the roof, we're going up to the roof to get out. Yeah, we don't have time. We have to pick one of these. How fast is? I mean, it's still nighttime, right? Like, how how yeah. fast is the water moving outside? If I look outside, like the water in the streets or what have you. Uh, it's there. There's, there's not a uh, rushing, uh, roaring rapids outside. Um, it's like the sea reached forward and has yet to pull back. Um, Certainly, more water is gushing uh, from from the sea. Onto so there's the a hole. So there's a chance of being dragged across, but not like, like you said, you're rapids. not going to be buffeted by the water. No. Then yeah, probably the fire escape is probably the best option, the fastest option. Then going all the way up to the top. Yeah. I don't so really want to jump off an eight-story building. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. You're right. I think that's a better play. All right, let's do it. Can we use something as a flotation device? This is a hotel. Does anybody have like a, I mean, it's a hotel on the water. Is there any like rafts around or anything? Is there a pool? That's a question. Yeah, that is a really good question. It's the third floor is the, the leisure floor, uh, as mm -hmm. well as having the big bar. It's also got um, like leisure facilities, swimming pool, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, finding flotation devices isn't that difficult. Um, while you're unable to find a raft, uh, there's plenty of... Um, floats that you like, can like rain exactly yeah. yeah um so yeah uh, that is definitely something you can do good thinking i'm gonna get one for myself i'm gonna get one for kian and then i'm going to leave oscar to find his own <laughs> I, I can see oscar going oh hey thanks and she just goes right past him and hands it to me <laughs> <laughs> don't forget i have a i have a broken ankle no you have a twisted ankle Fine. Okay. Let Let's go then. Let's go. Uh, we can leave these people behind. They'll be fine. Yes. You head down the stairs to the second floor, where everything is creaking and again cracking. 
rather painfully. Uh, the walls are now showing cracks quite visibly through the paintwork. You're not sure how long the foundations of this building are going to stand, uh, what's going on. You make your way to the rear of the building where the fire escape should be. And the emergency exit door is already hanging open. Someone else has been this way. The uh, steel staircase does still uh, remain intact. It's still bolted onto the side of the building and it goes further up as well. Uh, but most importantly, it goes down into the water. The sea is behind the building as well. Um, as mentioned, it isn't rushing and roaring. You could make your way down into the water. Where you'd go from there, just, I guess, swim away as fast as you can, but you would be swimming against the sea. So nothing nearby that we could easily reach. There's some cars uh, that you could probably jump onto the roofs of. You might even be able to make a fair distance of jumping between vehicles. Um, providing they don't get picked up in the wind or swept away. Hmm. You don't have to touch the water immediately. If the water is rising and it's rising toward inland, wouldn't we actually be swimming with the water? Hmm. If we were trying to move inland? Yeah. Good, good point. Yes, you would be moving with the water. Uh, the only danger would be if it suddenly pulled back. Right, exactly. But if we try to follow the cars that, we, and if we, you know, or, or even like go in the water, but stay alongside like the cars or where they're parked at, that way, if it does switch suddenly, we can maybe grab onto one of them. Mm. I don't like a crush between two cars. Yeah, that, that was that. That, that was is a really good point. That's a really good point. Well, we need to move. We need to move before um, before Angel notices I've got her necklace. All right, let's just. So long. Yeah, why we just don't give it back to Ramon around. Yeah, I'm still a little big on that point, but let's go. Let's go in the water. I can't stop you if you just want to throw me in the water. Okay. <laughs> do, do you give him a push? Yes, I do. I, I'm done with him. You, you push Oscar off of the fire escape and into the water, and somehow he's surprised. <laughs> Um, as he's falling almost in slow motion no, yeah, no. Um, one it's hand like eight feet <laughs> his pocket to clasp this necklace as he's falling down and uh, as suggested it is now going to be the titanic necklace um, <laughs> at, least, at least visually um I thought you lost that in the ocean. <laughs> Wait, is it is it the one from the Britney Spears music video now? Jeez, that's even better. Well, baby, I went down and got it back for you. <laughs> well, this is what this yeah. game has become. Um, he's holding it in his hand. It's in the breeze briefly. This splendid piece of metal and gemstone almost within reach of you grabbing it well, if you wanted to 
you don't have to. Oh. It's very tempting. It's a split second. Are you going to do it? Yes. Okay. Because I feel like you should probably go back to that woman. Yeah. Um, I don't have athletics. <laughs> I do have dexterity. Uh, here's an interesting question. Have we built up momentum yet? That's a good point. We have currently failed, by my count, three rolls. So I think, yes, we do have some momentum that you could use. You want to spend um, some of that? Sure. So for anyone who is unfamiliar with momentum, Eddie, why don't you uh, explain to the viewers and listeners what momentum does? Uh, so momentum is a uh, pool of points that characters generate when they fail in rolls. Um, and then we can use it later to power knacks or boons, uh, certain ones, or also in this case, Dixie can use it to spend momentum to add additional dice to her rolls for key rolls, like acquiring a necklace from a complete jerk. <laughs> actually acquiring an extra complete jerk is actually in the rules yeah so i used the momentum which meant i got to roll five dice instead mm -hmm. of four and i got two successes okay you grab the necklace and the look on oscar's face is again this all happens within the course of about two seconds <laughs> somehow he's surprised <laughs> <laughs> the look on oscar's face is you're grabbing to grabbing out to reach me you know you're reaching out to grab me you're <laughs> And then, and then the slow motion. What the fuck? <laughs> as he falls down, splash into the water, and in your <laughs> after everything I did for you, what did he, uh, he did nothing for us. You and you can't see him as he hits the water, which is strange. You don't think it's that deep, but you just can't see him anymore. Um, but the necklace you keep in your hand, and it is—it's heavier than it looks. It's not a beautiful, well-crafted piece of jewelry. It's quite brutal, uh, and you can't examine it too closely in this dark night. But it certainly feels powerful in your hands. Okay, so yeah, Keen's gonna be like, um, well, that that I guess worked out. <clears throat> so let's find uh, Angel. Yeah, she's gotta be in the hotel still, right? Hopefully. I mean, I, I don't know because she's one of those weird god people. For all I know, she can freaking fly. I I don't know, but maybe she's still here. She, I, I don't know. It's the first floor is underwater, but maybe there's another, maybe on the second floor somewhere. Hotels like this probably have some kind of uh, uh, broadcast system or something, Tenoi, that we can say, hey, we have your necklace, please come to the bar, we can give it to you. Oh, yeah. You're right. If, I mean, as long as the power stays on. Right. The power is intermittent. You think yeah. it's, it must be powered by a generator, but um, it's, the fact that it's intermittent means it is there. Okay. So, yeah. So let's go uh, up and figure out this intercom system. Yeah, the bellhop who was in the stairwell before is able to direct you to it. Um, but he does want to know why, you know, what, what are you what are you telling people? We can't have the uh, the guests confused. They've all been told to go up to the roof, but I'm not I'm guessing that's not the best place for them to go. 
are you thinking otherwise? Because the manager's just disappeared. Um, uh, trying to the best place for them to go, but also we're trying to resolve this. So, um, short version is it's a god thing. We're trying to stop being god things so the storm can go away. Yep. And we lost Matthew. Oh, this is gonna be really hard to do without him. Oh my God! Surprise! Taking him? No, Matthew. No. <laughs> he disappeared into the water. Oh my God! I'm oh sorry. God. I never, I never meant to push you off. I regret everything. Matthew was Oscar the whole time. <laughs> but we do know Matthew loves the sea. <laughs> he has gone back from whence he came. What's funny is that the thing that my camera is propped on um, is covering up where Matthew would be right now. So I didn't realize he had gone. <laughs> No, just as you were talking, his screen just went a little uh, square box, and it's just like, oh, that, that that's not good. Yeah, no, this is um, this is a quality podcast content that we know people tune in for. Do, do, do. I see that you're wearing your Onyx Path t-shirt. I was wearing yes. mine yesterday, and then I went, what a fool I was to have worn it yesterday, not on the stream. Curses. Luckily, I have a few from various conventions, so I have some options. I mean, fact, so do I, have but... Pugmire one, so... Oh, I have that one. Excellent. Oh, oh here we go. Matthew Dawkins. Oh, yeah. And, and yes, Sebastian, this is exactly how lost episodes happen. Yeah. Um, so I just need to check with the chat log. Can people see me? Yes. I can see you. Mm -hmm. I know you two can. I just want to make sure that the viewers can as well, because if so, that means the broadcast is still continuing as planned. So someone watching say, I can see you, Matthew. There you go. I've got an eye from Schrodinger's cat. R. And by the way, we will use this fine opportunity in recording to say, <laughs> do check out Pirates of Pugmire, currently on Kickstarter, um, where aquatic adventures also take place. Maybe you can fall into different acid seas. And... But if you watch the one happens. So anyway, so the Bellhop acid stuff, and we were like, long story short, God stuff. Trying to get rid of God stuff. Right. Etc. Yes. And apparently our, our images are no longer turning full size when we're talking, which is a bit of a problem, but we will um, we will make do, I'm sure. Wait, so who's full size then? Who's like permanent full size? It, I, I assume it's well, I assume it's just not me. My my image isn't turning up full size at all. Uh, but okay. yeah. I'm seeing you guys flip back and forth when you talk, so at least on my end it seems to be working. Yeah, okay. we'll figure it out. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so those of you listening to this on the Onyx Pathcast, what fun. <laughs> All right, only Dixie is in full size now. Full size Dixie. And how often do you get to say that? <laughs> I'm just going to make a terrible face the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuck like that, just... Yeah, I can try and fix it, but you know what? Let's just soldier valiantly on, and uh, I'm sure Dixie will look plenty entertaining. You find the exactly how theatrical. You find the the intercom system uh, as the bellhop directed you, and what do you say on it? Um, you're basically in a staff office. Let's say, Angel, to retrieve your missing item. Please head to the bar. So the people in the hotel at this point, uh, it sounds like something very strange is going on as there's clearly a natural disaster taking place in and around the mm -hmm. hotel 
and someone is reporting a lost and found. Uh, <laughs> We're so good at this. Do you use the um, the power of communication now that you have it to give any guidance to the other people in the hotel, or do you allow chaos to continue? <laughs> what do you mean? Do I allow chaos to continue? <laughs> it's not my fault. Um, <laughs> uh, you have further instructions. I throw the mic at Kian. He's the one that knows all about disaster relief, not me. Uh, anybody else? If you have injured, please bring them to the bar on the third level, the third floor. Excellent. You, you can tell them where to go or anything. That there are maps around the whole. Well, no, I meant like the people who were all going up top. Yes, you're, you're, still, broad, you're still broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, all you put down is like, do we sure want to do this? No. <laughs> as, as you continue this conversation, um, the bellhop sticks his head in the staff room. Your your friend just uh, showed up in the bar looking very angry. Hmm. Okay. We'll right Wait, back. which friend? Uh, the, the the lady. Oh, okay, good. I afraid it was Oscar. Yeah, not the wet guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> just soaking wet. It just goes up. I have another you, idea. Yeah, you <laughs> threw me off a staircase. Totally pushed you. <laughs> yeah, very important difference. Um, so yeah, uh, in the bar right now, leaning against it rather uh, lazily, considering the hell going on. Is, is the woman who's been identified to you as Angel Deutscher. Hello. We meet Hello. again. We do. I have something that I think belongs to you that maybe will stop some of this from happening. I hope it will, and I hope what you have for me is a necklace. It is. We did not know he tricked you. We literally met that guy on the way to his hotel room, just so you know. Not compatriots. Yeah. Nothing like that. He does that, and he lies a lot, believe uh, me. It, apparently. It, it is in his DNA, you could say. Yeah, he tried to get us to take it to his people, but we were like, I feel like if this is a Poseidon thing happening right now, we should just make Poseidon less angry. So That is always a good idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold out the necklace here. As far as I know, it's God's stuff. I just want to make it over with. Thank you very much. On behalf of my family, she takes it. She puts it in her purse. She closes the purse. I... Well, the storm's not abating yet, but I think I... And we're back once again with the Renegade Master for the conclusion of Scion Second Edition. <laughs> Uh, well, this actual play anyway. So for anyone listening to this on the podcast, I don't know whether I'll edit this bit out or not, but just to recap what happened. Server issues. And, uh, <laughs> so, and so we're back. And uh, we had last left our Scions as uh, they had passed over Poseidon's necklace or a necklace belonging to Poseidon to his daughter, Angel Deutscher. And she explained to them that Oscar would probably show up again. That, Gross. Yeah. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's the kind of thing he does. And she explained that they were more connected to everything that was going on than they probably thought. And Kian did not believe her. He was like, no, no, mm-mm. 
<laughs> it's fine. <clears throat> for the record, we did some really great role playing for about three minutes before I looked up and went, oh shit, we're off the air. Yeah. Some <laughs> missing episodes happen. Mm -hmm. And so as uh, Kian went back, or Kian and Faye went back to tend to their friend who was bound to the ironing board, mm -hmm. Angel was leaving. And despite the uh, young man's ill health, she leaned over and said that if you make the right offering to the right God at the right time, sometimes say a prayer, sometimes acknowledge the strands of fate that you're tied up in, miracles can happen, magic can be real, and the mortal wounds like this can not be fatal. And with that, she left the hotel or at least the bar. And for the next few minutes, the storm continued unabated. And it felt very much like the hotel was going to crack and crash into the sea. But then, with a roar, the sea started drawing back. And the roar isn't of the water or the wind, it's of all the metal that's crushing against concrete as cars and lampposts and loose bits of debris are just smashed into the hotel and other buildings on the South Beach as they're dragged out towards the water. There's just an outrageous din of noise as the swirling winds and storms... I got my phone Start recording. Yeah. As the swirling winds and storms starts dragging everything back and wrenching it away from the sea that was on land and out to the sea that is in the ocean. And the hotel, a dilapidated hotel, ruined now, probably not the worst uh, building on the South Beach, is left with our scions within it. And the people that they helped save. And I turn it over to you, the Scions. How do you act and react based on all this? Look again. That was fucking weird, huh? Yeah, that was. Do you think what she says is true? I don't know. My mom died when I was a kid. My dad did. I hadn't talked to him in a while. Yeah. But I actually never knew her. Yeah. I never really knew my father either. Hmm. That's something to think about. You could go and ask my dad at some point. But uh, we probably go check on the people on the roof. And also yeah. try to get these people out of here. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So... You know, I talked about this later. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make 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 sure he has my number in case we get separated. <laughs> in the next little bit here. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Where most people would depart from a disaster area like this, get as far away as possible, try and return to a semblance of normality. Yeah, as you've just suggested, the two of you 
stick around trying to make sure that anyone who is left in the building is safe anyone who can be saved can be saved anyone who hadn't been found yet gets discovered uh, you are to be a bit poetic about the entire thing heroes of the night and whether that implies a divine lineage or just being a virtuous human being doesn't really matter there's a lot of people that are very grateful to you. There's a lot of people that have taken notice of you and the actions you've taken. And what that amounts to is a feeling that each of you feels. You both feel something a lot stronger beating inside you now after tonight's events. A connection. And... Right now, it feels like it's a bond with each other. You know that whether you meet up with Angel Deutscher again or this reprobate called Oscar, the two of you will be in each other's company probably very soon. Mm -hmm. For many adventures to come. And I think that pretty much concludes our <clears throat> first game together. Yay! And actually, I've uh, I've accomplished one of my deeds. Um, I have two. <laughs> yeah, I, think I accomplished my both... long-term deed. Oh wow! Okay, mine so, was yeah. to save someone's life, which I thought wouldn't happen in the first session. I I, I did my my short-term deed was heal someone, so I clearly got that. Mm -hmm. um, my long-term one is find a purpose. I don't think I'm quite there yet. I'll probably just have to up it a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, if I, if I had known how disaster heavy the first episode was going to be, I probably would have done a done it as a short term. <laughs> well, that's yeah. fine. I mean, you know, sometimes that happens, and then uh, but yeah. I can find a new long term one. Yeah, that was fun. I'm Sweet. enjoying this this uh, this character. Yeah, so am I. So you t tell me then about this in terms of this plot, in terms of these characters, and indeed, uh, this may be the first time both of you have played Sion. I don't, I'm not sure, Eddie. Have you mm -hmm. played it yet? Uh, for second edition, yeah, it's first time I played second edition. Hmm. And um, <clears throat> I know we didn't explore every single nuance of the mechanics, but what did you feel worked, and um, you know what made it feel different, I guess, to any other game? I think the story path in general. I like the fact that even though yes, you are rolling and there are stakes that you roll for, I feel like I was rolling less. It was more narrative, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um. I like that some of the knacks are just things that you kind of naturally do or can happen. Um, even though like some of them do add to things, like one of my other ones adds to enhancement to a certain role, things like that. But uh, like I said, mostly for, for me with, with Scion, what I've always liked about it and with Storybound in general, just how narrative it is. And it's super yeah. easy to pick up if you played like any storyteller system. Yeah, I agree. And, and I mean, um, you're right. We didn't go into some of the, the wrinkles of it, especially at the origin level. There's just not a ton of moving parts to be confused by when you start off with. It's like you roll dice and you have, a, you have a couple of cool powers. and That's basically it, which is nice. It's just when you're starting out, you're kind of like, okay, let me figure out how this works. And I felt like it allowed me a chance to kind of dig into the world a bit more and like, you know, for example, Dixie kind of corrected me. It's like, actually, no, we all know about God's tears kind of helped me to remind me of that. Yeah. Um, like so, setting it in the world is is important. <laughs> no, totally. And, and it, 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 because there's not as many bits to learn, it didn't feel as as uh, potentially intimidating. But now it's like, cool. I got we got a handle for these characters. Now, like we actually, when when the the feed was off, Dixie and I were kind of chatting about you know 
things we could pick up with when we go up to hero with experience points because oh now we're finding you know there's the t things we do with the character and also we had the option of tweaking them um in mm -hmm. the rules they're moving dots around so although i will say that when you said there was uh, an irish woman named eileen and she was the one who like i saved i was like did i just save eileen brand <laughs> the scion from the story no this was an eileen with an a at the front of her Damn name it. Um, but, um, so it's always, I guess, fun to to get a little bit of a look around, I guess, the uh, person running's shoulder uh, or what they were thinking. Initially, she was... You lost him again? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe he just froze for a second. No. Yeah, I think I think we're done. <laughs> I don't know how to turn it off. Only Matthew can do that. So live forever. Everyone, welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I go to my other job in a couple hours here, you can just look at my empty bookshelf as it slowly gets darker. <laughs> bookshelf watch. Occasionally, you know, bebop will go by. <laughs> yeah, Rocky likes to sleep in my chair when I'm not here, so. Uh, well, well, thank you all for showing up. We appreciate it, even though it's been uh, a bit of a moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it's uh, something on Matthew's end, it looks like. So, But the upside is um, uh, they only see me now. Hooray! Um, Wait, can they hear me? Can you guys hear Dixie, or is it, you know, can, can you only hear me? Because otherwise, this conversation gets really awkward. <laughs> It's like, okay, so uh, 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 if we use this in a path, guys, I doubt it, but uh, in, right now, someone just said pay, press F to pay respects, and however it's pushing okay. off. They can so, hear me. Okay. Oh, hey, there's Matthew. Matthew Dawkins, join his video call. I'm back. We're still live, so. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell's going on, but we got most of the game in. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, so initially Eileen was supposed to be the person Oscar was actually stealing the necklace for. But, you know, plots change as games go on. And just because of who you interact with more, different things happen. Mm -hmm. And um, I I particularly enjoy Scion. Every time I've ran Scion, it's a great, fun, fluid game. Mm -hmm. Players have a hell of a lot of fun with the knacks, especially because they are, as Dixie said, they're so intuitive. Yeah. Um, the thing that I, I'm always trying to work out different ways of getting people to access the powers more easily and the, um, the powers in Scion and they came from beneath the sea and other story path games that people, um, I guess most often struggle to glomp onto is the stunts because you kind of need to have in your mind the stunts you want to use, right. uh, to, to make it fast flowing. So it'll be interesting if we play this again, whether we can start utilizing some of those, but I know for a fact, what's going to happen with this broadcast is it's going to end itself very, very soon. <laughs> um, I know that it will, because I'm supposed to be the host of it. And as I've just rejoined, the host is absent and that means it will terminate itself. So with that in mind, thank you very much for watching. I suggest all of us just hang up. We all leave the call now. Walk away. <laughs> and uh, join us for the epilogue on the Onyx Pathcast, where we will talk about this in a little more detail. But thank you very, very much uh, for, for watching and listening.
It's been great fun. Many worlds, one pathcast. Oh, well done, Eddie. Well done. <laughs> now, now we don't need to do the Onyx Pathcast, but brilliant. It's up to you, really, to justify how you've been able to continue pursuing these little missions, these tasks or quests set for you by Dietrich, uh, or even how willing you've been to do them. Uh, Ultimately, the thing that's drawn you most is the ties and demands of fate. There is a pressing need, a sort of niggling itch behind your ear, as it were, that... um, tells you that this is the right thing to do even when it doesn't feel like a good thing to do uh, you don't think you've done anything immoral in her service and you're not earning any money for it and in fact each time you've done it uh, people have been incredibly grateful it has made you feel to a degree heroic mm-hmm but you know that you are uh, operating outside the realms of normal mortal human law and that you're delving deeper and deeper into the known quantity uh, as expansive and uh, sublime as it is of the various divinities and uh, faiths and myths that come to life in the world that you live in. Uh, listeners should be aware because sometimes this is the thing that uh, is I guess least understood about Scion that the world that you live in is not the world of darkness it isn't a world where gods and monsters and myths are hidden away there may well be an Aztec temple down the road a block away from where there happens to be a church or indeed a temple to the to zeus for instance uh this world is fairly layered uh, quite evenly on top of our own and while the mundane mortal may not understand all of it they certainly see it uh and while scions of the gods are sometimes seen as heroes, they can also be seen as nuisances or villains, uh, as is the case in comic book universes, mm-hmm. such as the ones positioned by Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. So um, the, everything they're doing isn't necessarily going to be completely undercover, um, but it still has to generally operate within parameters of the law and they have not been doing that they have committed some illegal activity ah <gasps> shocked indeed yes so yes uh, you have been summoned again uh, to the hotel mandarin or the cabana bar outside of it on south beach it is now three months since you last met um making it late august so the weather is still damn good in miami if not oppressively mm-hmm. so <laughs> tell me what do your characters think of all this becking and calling? I feel like my residency is pretty much ruined. <laughs> but I suspect Kian is in an awkward stage of like society demands that if I want to be a healer, I have to go through this rigmarole of, of training and residency and whatnot. And he thinks that's valuable. But also being able to directly help people is intoxicating. So I think he's still he's still reluctant, but more he's using that as a secretly he really enjoys it, and so he he probably complains about it a lot, but he still keeps doing it. <laughs> You're just constantly bitching, right? Yeah, I, want to do <laughs> I got tests in two days. <laughs> uh, Phaedra <laughs> is, would be loath to admit it, but she is still living off uh, Daddy's money. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so most of what she does right now is volunteer and nonprofit work as far as her kind of day job goes. Yeah. Uh, which means that she is loving this because it kind of just gives her a break from everything. She's not really essential at any of her jobs. Um, like, frankly, she's one of those people who is, you know, pretty smart, but as they say, doesn't apply themselves too hard to, uh, to actual jobs. But this is fun. This is a fun, interesting new distraction. Um, and she is very curious to see where this is going because she always kind of wanted something more than her life because even though she had, uh, like she had money, but she didn't really have a whole lot of, of love and compassion growing up. Yeah. So she's curious to see where this leads and, uh, likes to feel useful and she's feeling very useful for the first time in her life. I'm definitely seeing a connection between our characters of both going, we know what society demands of us, but we're finding actual personal satisfaction in these tasks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like she's she's uh, the the leader call, uh, calling, mm-hmm. so she's like she's always kind of tried to be in charge stuff and tried to like do the right thing and make social change and everything, and she just always feels a little bit beat down by it or feels like somebody else might be better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so she's like actually finding something where she can take charge. I think that, 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 that's something that happened during the hotel rescue and probably has happened in some of our missions since Yeah, is that she tends to be the like take charge commander of, of the situation. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and, and, and she likes that she likes feeling useful and helping people and, you know, getting, getting refugees to safety and stuff like that. Cause it's a lot different than just, you know, standing up for someone who was, being made fun of or whatever (laughs) like this is this is like real actual she can you know hold it in her hands making a difference in in in, in all caps right and and, and with Keen's emt training he certainly understands like if someone's making the call then you don't have time to sit and argue in the middle of of a crisis Mm -hmm. yeah so in that case it sounds like you quite willingly uh, attend the meeting that dietrich has set up yes yeah okay uh so in that case, on time for three o'clock in the afternoon, you head to the Nautilus Cabana Bar, where, of course, some uh, fantastic salsa is playing in the background. Cocktails are being mixed. It's very hot, so a lot of cocktails are currently being imbibed by people mm-hmm. sitting around on the beach. It's a beautiful party atmosphere, as is often the case on South Beach. Uh, it would seem that the tidal wave of three months ago has almost been forgotten. Uh, and that's certainly not reflected in the shape of the buildings on South Beach. Many of them still show the scars. Uh, If anything, it has driven business elsewhere throughout the city, which has benefited some people, but people have a way of making sense of the senseless and just soldiering on. And no more so in a case in a place where alcohol f- flows so freely as Miami, uh, where you know we come here to party. We're not coming here to be morose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, while Rome burns, as it were, people fiddle. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you arrive at the Cabana Bar, and Dietrich isn't there. Uh, now, you may remember Dietrich as the woman who initially threatened you with a gun. Uh, she was the person who claimed that Oscar had stolen a necklace of her father's. and mm-hmm. um, But you got on fairly good terms by the end of that scenario when you realized that Oscar was probably the bigger pest in this situation than her. Good thing he's dead and will never come back to haunt us again. 
Yeah, that right? yeah. Well, you know, uh, comic books <laughs> and superhero stories never have recurring villains. No. So no, she does show up ten minutes late. Not very like her at all. She's typically quite punctual and is wearing large sunglasses and a very wide-brimmed hat. If she was trying harder to look inconspicuous, she would you know, be wearing a Groucho Marx glasses, <laughs> false nose, and mustache. Uh, but she's, and a trench coat? Yeah, pretty much. Is it a red uh, trench coat? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, she, she looks like Carmen Sandiego right now. <laughs> Where uh, in the world are the daughters of Poseidon? Uh, yes. <laughs> South Beach, apparently, which, to be honest, sounds like a perfect place for the Daughters of Poseidon to be. Um, first place I'd look for Carmen San Diego. Uh, she is. Uh, she takes a seat, looks around like this is some 1980s Cold War movie, <laughs> and then whispers a shaky voice. Thank, thank you, thank you so much for coming at sh- such short notice. I'm sorry I've not been in touch. There's been a lot going on. Are you, are you okay? No, 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 I'm not okay. There, as I say, there's been a lot going on. I know I've been absent for a month or so. Uh, it's so the things I've been asking you to do, they've all been above board, I guess, to a degree. Uh, they've all been. For good reasons, I think we can all agree on that, and we've all made a lot of people very happy. And I have no doubt that your your parents are very proud of you, and all, uh, so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thing is, something personal came up, and I had to take my eye off the ball as far as you two are concerned. And from what I've heard, you've both been, you know, keeping the end up, as it were. But I. Uh, I think I need your help with this something personal now. And I've got a feeling, I've got that itch that tells me that this might actually be what you've most needed to do of anything uh, that I've set you to do so far. Uh, Believe me, that's not me trying to talk you into anything. Uh, I'll get to what the thing is in a minute. But, you know, sometimes you feel like, a course is right, and I walked down the wrong one. It's like I fought against the tide, and let's say I got smashed around the rocks a bit. So now I'm trying to head in the right direction. That means enlisting the two of you again. Okay. How much out of character? How much do our characters know about fate at this point? Uh, you know the feeling of it. You know okay. how much Dietrich has told you of it. Uh, you don't know of it as any kind of tangible uh, path that you can follow. Uh, you, She has certainly said that as you grow in power, you're going to see its strands far more keenly. But uh, mm. there's a certain mm. euphoric rush that you felt when achieving certain tasks. Uh, and yeah, it's something you never felt before. It doesn't feel chemically induced. It doesn't feel unnatural. It feels like you are strengthening your core, as it were. Uh, your your soul is is growing in brilliance every single time you do one of these things. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll cut to the chase. Shall I? Um, she orders herself a Bloody Mary. And then drinks it and says, right, I'll cut to the chase. Uh, my, uh... Oh, sorry, did the two of you want any drinks? 
Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Uh, I'm okay for now. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, so I have a cousin. I mean, well, a lot of us have cousins. Uh, yes, most people have cousins. What? Uh, and, <laughs> well, uh, I care about this one a lot. And he's always been... We've always been very close. But ever since I started mentoring you two, if you want to call it mentoring, uh, I haven't been paying attention to him. And I'm gathering from what's happened that that was the wrong thing for me to do. Believe me, I don't regret my involvement with you, but I couldn't be in two places at once. That's resulted in him consorting with the wrong crowd. As I say, something mm-hmm. personal happened. Uh, Dion, that's his name, uh, he was um, partying with a group um, in Miami. Uh, they call themselves the Tattoo Lizards. And, you know, something my... Yeah, I laughed as well. Uh, um, my mother always used to say, if a group is big enough to actually give themselves a name and not be laughed about it on the street, they're probably quite dangerous. And uh, that's what this group seems to be. They're based out of you know Model City, Liberty City, uh, pretty rough neck of the woods, um, deeper in Miami. It's a neighborhood known for its violence, its gangs. And these tattoo lizards are one of these gangs. Um, so when I found out about this uh, from, from Dion's um, brother... Uh, another cousin of course he um uh, i went looking for him and i kind of went in a bit guns blazing because i've heard about these tattoo lizards i hey they're a dangerous gang to be around and um it wasn't the right course of action i was lucky to escape with my life wow because I thought that I didn't need to enlist any of my friends to do this. I thought I'm going to make this a family matter, keep it personal, deal with it myself, and try and use a little of the old moxie that you get when you're a daughter of Poseidon. But it wasn't sufficient. Uh, there's, I, I think there's a, a scion like you and me and him uh, named um, Ahui Itza. Uh, he's... Um, I think he's like the leader of these this gang, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling he's got Dion. Uh, I don't know for sure. All I know is the last place Dion was seen was with this gang, and I wanted to send some trusted unknowns, that's the two of you, to find out where Dion might be uh, I because I can't go back in there, and I have a feeling if they care enough, they'll probably have tabs on the people I usually hang around with given our fraternization's been pretty slim till now, I think that you're going to be able to go in at least anonymously. Hmm. All, all, all I really want to know is where Dion is. Uh, if you can get me a location, I can probably do the rest. But um, yeah, I just felt like I can't take this to the police. Uh, I can't... Hmm. Um, I can't enlist the people I'd usually enlist, people with a little more pep. Uh, because uh, I'm guessing if uh, Ahui Itza is aware of me and the people I hang around with, they're probably going to take steps to stop them. But the two of you look like, well, normals. 
When she calls them normals, Phaedra narrows her eyes through, you know, her multiple piercings and nose ring, and, <laughs> like funky haircut. And she's like, you know, she's she's clearly tried really hard to not look normal. <laughs> um, question: Does like are our characters at all aware of this, like you know, gang or group of people, or is this the first we're hearing of them entirely? Like, do we have any knowledge? Well. Let's make a roll for that, shall we? Yes. Um, I know we haven't uh, assigned any contacts or anything like that, but I think that we could probably go with culture. Um, let's go for culture and either cunning or intellect. Your choice. Okay. I have some dice in that. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the target number is for Scion. Uh, for, well, for the benefit of listeners, uh, they're aiming for eights and above. Thank you. That's because we're not heroes yet. Mm-hmm. I have zero. No, one's, one's not cancel, so it's one. I have two successes. Okay, well, two successes is sufficient. Okay. It's um, Given that neither of you are criminals by trade, uh, that you're not automatically going to recognize the name. Um, but Faye, yeah, you've heard of them. You've heard of them as drug dealers and, uh, and occasional gun runners. Uh, you've never interacted with them personally, because why would you? But mm-hmm. you've definitely heard about them. Their names probably appeared on the news a couple of times, or you've had friends of friends that have bought something from them. Right. Hanging out with street kids and punks and right. stuff. There's probably yeah, somebody uh, that knows knows the bad people. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, so I'm I'm gonna look at uh, kind and say, you know, these these guys, I from what I've heard, are pretty bad news. Um, Great. If we decide to do this, we need to be careful about how we approach them and where we ask questions. So we probably should not be alone in a building with them if we can help it. All right. Um, why would we? I mean, I suppose the only reason we approach them is are, are they drug dealers i mean we could patch those off yeah. as party kids i mean we could i i pass better than you do but we could rough you up a bit oh joy <laughs> i mean he looks like a you know, red-headed jock i'm sure they yeah. they stop by and awkwardly ask for pot or whatever this is oh, dietrich now eyeing you up and down um again don't get me wrong that's not a criticism I, my world is corporate and political um Going in there as I did was probably the most stupid thing I've ever done. Um, well, maybe not, but it was probably close. But yeah, the two of you could roll up just looking like customers. Do so you know where they're likely to be found or how we should identify them? Uh, yeah, I do, simply because uh, that's where they hounded me out of. Uh, so I can point you to where in Liberty City I found... Um, so I went up to one of the corner boys... Uh, my immediate approach was, uh, I regret to say, threatening. Uh, I wanted to see the boss, uh, Ahui, and um, the corner boy acted like I was, uh, well, like he was doing me a favor, of course. I didn't believe him, but he got on the phone sent what I'm guessing transpired to be a coded message or enough people were watching that uh, the response was pretty heavily armed and uh, threatening in response. Um, but I can certainly point you to that exact corner uh, so that you don't have to take the same route that I did. Hmm. Okay. I'd ask if we should be armed, but I don't know anything about guns. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. 
Yeah, well, to to be honest, uh, I would advise against it. I mean, if you've got to get in close to them, they're going to pat you down, I would imagine, anyway. And if you've gone in with a firearm, they're probably going to wonder why. Um, true, just true. Just out of guess. So you've done a lot of dealing with gangs, I'm guessing? Me? No, uh, hardly any. Uh, I had to pull some strings to even find out about these guys. Um, to be honest, I found about the, out about them via reputation of Ahui, uh, who is a known felon or former felon. And I then found out that he had a gang called the Tattoo Lizards that all tied back to where Dion had been in the city, all kind of linked together. Hmm. Now, I don't know what Ahui might want with with my cousin. Um, He's just a bit of a dumb kid, but... Is your cousin also a scion, I'm assuming? She kind of, she lowers her head into her hands, run, takes her hat off, runs her fingers through her hair, exasperated. The reason he's been having such problems and hanging with the wrong crowd is precisely for that reason. Uh, it's not like he was hitting drugs or getting drunk before he found out about his parentage. So not mm-hmm. everyone takes it very well. And I, yeah, I thought that he would have been able to, I guess, take it on the chin, maybe see it as something exciting. He's He sees the news, he reads the comic books, you know? Right. Um, but he didn't i think uh, his world fell apart probably because he realized the person he thought was his dad wasn't actually his dad and he spent a long time modeling himself on uh someone who wasn't who he thought he was if I mean, that I makes even sense seen that happen with you know normal mortal types you find out something about your family's past and it can spiral you well yeah Sure. Uh, Sometimes you make the mistake of thinking that because you got the blood of gods in your veins, you can stand up and take anything, and you just you you underestimate people. And I'm not saying Dion's weak or anything like that. I just didn't think he would react that way. Sure, Mm. sure. So this is going to be fun. Um. So. Just for out of character context, um, I have zero dots in subterfuge and one dot manipulation. So I'm assuming Faye by now realizes that Kean sucks at lying. <laughs> Guess who also has zero dots in subterfuge? <laughs> this is going to be amazing. <laughs> I've got I've got lots of you know persuasion and empathy and stuff. I don't have any like I I do not lie either. Not not well. So this is going to be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna be great. So yeah, so now we have that. It's like, okay, so um, we're uh, sorry, sorry, Faye, if I'm talking a turn here, but we're not good at lying. <laughs> yeah, no, um, we're great. I mean, at- that's partly why I've been working with you because I've uh, I've felt you very straightforward to deal with, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how, like, how do you even ask for drugs? Just go and say i'd like a drug please like i don't i mean i could ask for specific oh, drugs wow. well, i assumed yeah i assumed that was something sorry i again mean no offense she puts her hands up i assumed that was something you were familiar with looking at Faye. 
no. I know way more about drugs than I, she does, uh, but primarily just because I have to treat them. Yeah, I mean, I've I've dealt with getting people clean, but I didn't like go with them to buy drugs. What that- about selling them? Um, if you do, you have any drugs left over from your trip down to Mexico? Uh, n- no. Let, who who keeps leftover drugs? What? Well, what kind of weird you know, shit do you do? Uh, I'm 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 clutching at straws here. I I I understand. I don't necessarily have the best ideas in the world right now. I'm a bit personally preoccupied with what might be happening to my cousin or what has already happened if we're talking about trying to sell drugs i mean theoretically i can say that i can get my hands on some drugs from the hospital i'm resident you you can are going to steal drugs no from a hospital i'm going to tell them that i can oh so you're gonna lie i didn't say it was a good (laughs) plan i just said it was a plan (laughs) Well, I suppose it isn't a lie if it is something you can do. Well, yes, but I'm not going to do it. Because people need those drugs. That's why they're there in the hospital, for people who need them. In that case, um, here's an idea. And maybe it's something I should have broached. As I said, the two of you are, are, are special, as special as any other scion would be and at some point everything's going to come clear to you Uh, i can't control when that is but it will happen now a lot of scions when they are first emerging into the world i guess look for someone who's going to give them all the answers maybe that's why you're seeking out ahui maybe you're going to him maybe you've heard of him oh i could ask him about that i'm interested in that yeah that's a good oh, whoa, idea. whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I'm not saying you actually follow his advice. If you have no, questions, you ask me. No, I'm not saying I'm going to follow his advice. I'm saying that it would not be a lie to say I want to know more about this shit. It's true. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, Diedrich, I've worked with you a few times now. I feel like you still think I'm a little stupid. And I don't like that. I have this problem where I tend to see people who aren't at the same level as me. She puts her hand up next to her head. Uh, Kind of beneath me, and that's, I'm working on that. I'm yeah, working on it. Incredibly classist. God privilege. Hey, no, uh, we are. Yeah, we are yeah, none check, of us perfect. Check your privilege. Check your scion privilege. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so Kian, I think we should go over there, talk to Ahui. Uh, maybe see if we can even talk to. You said his name was Dion. Dion. Yeah. That's right. I uh, talked to Dion. Dion, Kian, this is going to be fun. Um, Kian, Dion, yeah, okay. Uh, So we'll talk to them, see if we can talk to him. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so, cool. Um, We just got to go in there and act like we're not terrified because people can tell that you're terrified. You're terrified. Can you act not terrified by gang members with guns and uh, possible powers? Let's let's say yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we should probably change your clothes too. Oh, okay. It's got to blend it like like just like like a ratty t-shirt instead of this this polo thing you have going on. But the polo is comfortable. All right, fine. Yeah, I think you probably want to look less like a tourist and more like some yeah either someone who's there either on business or well yeah uh, some kind of business either yeah buying selling or going for the discussion but. Yeah, that, that polo, got to agree with Faye. You look 
I will go with the, the whatever fave recommends is that my makeover. Cool. So we'll stop at a thrift shop on the way. Sweet. <laughs> that is in my price range. Okay. You stop by. A th- uh, are you uh, parting ways with Dietrich at this point? Uh, yeah, we've 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 gotten directions. You know where we're going. Okay, you uh, pop by the thrift shop, pick up an outfit for uh, Kian. Uh, Faye, I guess you, uh, you're remaining as you are. Yeah, she's already kind of grungy. She's wearing like some, you know, ripped jeans and has like a, you know, kind of ratty band t-shirt on with like a, a flannel tied around her waist or something. Like she's just, mm-hmm. she, she could fit in anywhere that isn't like a high society function right, right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I guess I imagine Kian gets one of those black t-shirts with those uh, 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 death metal bands for the logo you can't actually read what their name is on it. It's just all yeah, jagged. Yeah angles for no apparent reason (laughs) yep yeah we're gonna get you an unreadable band (laughs) t-shirt yes just says rock band on it Um... (laughs) okay uh all right you make your way to liberty city so liberty city is uh, unfortunately one of the rougher areas in reality and in the world Mm. of scion of miami Uh, it's um largely uh, unfortunately criminal ridden at this point and uh, it's one of the symptoms of being in a in an area that is not given a great deal of attention by the local government uh, or education or indeed any of the rest of the benefits that uh, suburbia or the coast in the case of Miami gain uh, so you make your way into what was uh, once known as model city and it doesn't take you long. Uh, I'm guessing you're... Uh, do you have a car or are you getting a taxi? Uh, um, there is a metro There is a metro in Miami, so you can, you can get off at the station, of course. Yeah, I'm going to say Phaedra has a car, though, because yeah. she comes from money, so... Uh, you get a few looks when you park up. Uh, yeah, you can see immediately that, that no one here is particularly shy about the fact that there may be some criminal enterprise at play. Uh, You've both seen enough TV shows uh, to know what it looks like when there's a a gang of people sat on a stoop and uh, someone stood on a corner, another runner running across the lawn, that kind of thing. People shouting Mm -hmm. down from a second floor window. Uh, You know what's going on, and there's far too much of it going on for the cops to stop it constantly. It's just moving the trouble around. So right. there's immediately a sense of lack of safety uh, when you get out of your car, out of the protection of that lightly armored vehicle. Um, but people don't pay too much attention to you. Most of them are just paying attention to the car and the fact that you've parked it and are getting out. Yeah. It's not as, it's not, not a super nice car. She's not driving like a Mercedes or a Hummer or anything. That's like one of her little weird rebellion things. Is that like, yeah, she'll take the money for a car, but she's not going to take the high end car. She just want to look like she has money. She's she's got hang ups. What can I say? So, 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 so you, the, the car is kind of shitty looking. Yeah, I mean, like it's a it's, it's a typical car. Like if, 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 if it were my car in real life, it would make sense. I have like an 04 Saturn. You know, okay. it's just like a it's a car. <laughs> it's not anything special. Anyway, a kid, a kid runs up to Faye. Oh, excuse yes. me, ma'am. Uh, do you want me to watch your car? Uh, no, I'm good. You sure? There's lots of people around here. Might steal your wheels. I'm good. 
I'd do a pretty good deal. Ten dollars. I'll keep a watch on it. Scare anyone off. Who do you work for? I don't work for anyone. I'm my own boss. And he puffs his chest out. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur. I like that. I love this kid. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's got an alarm. Fine, do you, you say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I like, I like, kind of like just confused because I've never had a child run up to me and I'd like offer to watch my car before anywhere that I've been. And I'm, I'm just kind of like uh, befuddled. Like, it's kind of a lot. I don't understand. I'm like looking at Kian to see if he understands what's going on. Shrug. Uh, look, if the alarm goes off, it's just going to draw more people to it quickly. It's not like the cops are going to turn up because an alarm's going off in a neighborhood like this. Ma'am, give me the $10. If you call me ma'am one more time, I will punch you in the face. He frowns at that and says, whatever, $10, please. I give him $10. He says, thank you very much. I'll make sure your car doesn't get ripped apart. Do you know anything about Ahui or the tattoo lizards? He raises an eyebrow at you. That's not an answer, kid. Yeah, sure, but who's asking? Me, right now, in front of you? Yeah, I get that. Who are you to be asking? Uh, someone who is pretty sure they're like him and would like to learn more about that. Nice, very smooth. <laughs> he, um, he frowns again and says, so you don't want me to watch your car. I, what? What? <laughs> Look, I can go and get one of the, um lizards for you if that's what you're here for um i'm not gonna point you to where they are or anything oh Uh, okay well in that case the ten dollars is now for you to go get one of them for us and we'll watch the car he shrugs fine and runs off you never gonna see that money again i i I don't care it's ten dollars that's that's like a day's meal i mean that's like a coffee at Starbucks. It's fine. You go to Starbucks. I just won't have a coffee today. Wow. You... Of course I go to Starbucks. Wow. This small talk continues for about two minutes before another kid turns up in a long vest. The, the one you sent away has not returned. He says, is it the two of you looking for the lizards? Yeah. He folds his arms. What do you want? We want to talk to Ahui about... Stiff. Well, Ahui's pretty far up the food chain. Yeah, gonna need to be more specific. It's not like he just greets people off the street. As I told the other kid, we're just looking for him because he's the only one of the only people that we've ever seen that might have some similar history as we do, and we want to learn more about it, and we were hoping that he would talk to us. We're not trying to get involved in their business or anything we just want to know more about our kind of condition oh you're one of them and he claps his hands together that's that's cool as fuck can you fire fireballs out of your eyes or anything like that yeah uh no it's it's 
pretty new. Uh, we kind of learned some about... Do you remember that big flood tsunami thing from a few months ago? Yeah, I remember that. You could. Uh, some people said they could see some big old bearded guy in the water throwing lightning and uh, spitting out tornadoes and that kind of shit. Yeah, we saw that too. So yeah, we were at the Mandarin Hotel when that happened, and we were... we. we we kind of stopped that from happening. Like, we're the ones that stopped the thing. It's true. Sa- South Beach, huh? And he looks you up and down. You don't dress like you're from South Beach. I'm not from South Beach. I was in town for a punk show. I'm from Boston. <laughs> Boston. Yeah. Uh, right. I see. Yeah. Okay. You're not here for why most people come here. All right. I'll make a call. See whether he's interested. Uh, likelihood is he's not gonna be because he doesn't just again offer walk on, walk in appointments. He's not a counselor. I mean, I can pay him. Okay, for his time. now we're probably yeah. Now we're probably talking. Um, so expect me to come back with some kind of price tag, and uh, and I'll see what I can do. That works for us. He gets his phone out. <laughs> Turn and look at Faye again. <laughs> How much money do you have? <laughs> And enough. I, I never have enough money. He comes back. Okay. Uh, he says he's uh, going to be working in cash because he doesn't have a PayPal or anything like that. Who doesn't have a PayPal? Oh, fine. All right. Fine. Everyone uses Venmo anyway. It's fine. I use the cash app. But whatever. Oh, he has just got one of those, actually. He just a keeps forgetting. A cash cool. app. Uh, one of us talked him into it. He's a bit a bit long in the tooth, but yeah, uh, don't, don't worry. We can hook you up with that. All right. All right. Uh, I'll take you to where you need to be. It's gonna cost you though. You're gonna be setting yourself back by at least a grand a piece. That's fine. Let's go. He his eyes widen. Damn, should have asked for more than that. It is worth it to me. To find out about myself. Yeah, sure, whatever. And he um, he takes you up a um, into a small block of flats. Uh, elevator is, of course, out of use. He takes you up some stairs. Uh, there's a few people give him nods. You can see as you're going increasingly into the neighborhood that more and more people here have got tattoos of lizards in the in a. You're not sure whether it's um, Mesoamerican, South American style, but you've definitely seen this kind of thing before on the Discovery mm-hmm. Channel. Tattooed around his, around their necks, their arms, their torsos. Um, without a doubt, you're identifying it as some kind of gang insignia. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gives a knock on the door, and it opens. A young woman opens it. And she says, looking at you, are these the two of them? He says, yeah, that's the two of them. They say they can pay him by cash app. And she says, you know, he's awful at using that. <laughs> and it, look, we just, we need to get him into the 21st century, Marie. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, come on in. All right, lead the way. You're ushered into a pretty well-appointed flat. It's uh, got all the furnishings of a drug lord's uh, uh, expectation uh, when in a pretty downtrodden inner-city apartment. Um, 
So you've got some gaudy artwork on the walls, mirrors, beaded curtains, that kind of thing. But you don't get the impression this is going to be where uh, any kind of deals take place. This is his private residence. Right. And uh, sitting in front of the TV um, with a big cigar in his mouth is a large man. you could say he's shaped like a ball. Uh, probably the only thing that's particularly noticeable about him in terms of angularity is his nose, which is uh, shaped a bit like a hatchet. He's um, watching some sports on the television, looks up at you, takes the cigar out of his mouth and says, So you're the newcomers, are you? Uh, sure. Yep. Grab a beanbag. He points you towards some bean bags in the corner. I will sit. I'll grab bean bag and sit down. Yep, we'll we'll grab bean bags and I guess sit near his feet like supplicants because that's what he seems to want. Yeah, and he um, he looks at you, puts the cigar back in his mouth, takes another puff, chews on it, and says, "So, what is it you're wanting to know about being scions?" And that's where we're going to end that episode. Okay. Awesome. So I suppose we should still do the old, uh, good old-fashioned where to find us, shouldn't we? Oh, yes, that's right. Sorry. Sure. So, so wrapped up in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, Dixie, if people wanted to find you and talk to you about Phaedra, where would they find you at? <laughs> you can find me at Dixie Cyanide on almost all social media or my website, DixieCochran.com. And Matthew? They can find me on MatthewDawkins.com on Twitter as Clack Click Bang. And you can find me at uh, pugsteady.com, uh, P-U-G-S-T-E-A-D-Y. Um, you can also find all of us at uh, theonyxpath.com. Uh, we, you can leave comments on the blog where you find this episode. Um, you can find this episode just about any um, podcatching app. Uh, if you can, rate and review us. We'd really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed this, you know, give us five stars. Um, if you have comments, let us know what you think, particularly on the uh, Podbean app. Uh, and otherwise you can check us out on Discord, on Twitter, what have you Um, and we'll see you next week and as always, many worlds one pathcast one pathcast